everyone. Welcome to Reluctantly Adult, an advice podcast for people who believe they shouldn't be allowed to adult. I'm your host, Charmel Scipio, and I reluctantly adult. For April, we're talking about travel. Uh, in the last episode, I spoke with Tracy Coleman, a travel blogger at Brooklyn Travel Addict, about how she approaches travel, things that she does when she's in country, and just how she gets enjoyment out of, you know, traveling around the world. Um, in this episode, I talk with three regular people, Emily, Joe, and Corey, about their travel experiences, how they approach it, um, how they afford it, and sort of work it into their careers, and how they really get the most out of it. Each of the interviews gives insight into different things, different approaches, um, that no matter sort of who you are, you can probably apply some of these tactics to your travel life and, and achieving some of your travel goals. And I think that it could be very helpful. So in the first interview, uh, I talked with Emily and the way that she approaches travel is with the mindset of whether or not she could live in the country that she's visiting. Um, she also has a really, really funny story about fermented shark uh, that she tried. So I hope you all really enjoy this interview because I had a great time talking with her. So here it goes. Welcome to Reluctantly Adult. Please introduce yourself to the people. Hi, my name is Emily Brooklyn Williams, and I am a traveler. <laughs> I always thought that Brooklyn was not your middle name. Like, I always thought you were lying about that. Like, I thought you were just proud of where you were from. <laughs> I'm actually from Philly. Right. And I was just like, but I thought she grew up in Philly. And I, I don't know. Like, I always thought that you were from Brooklyn. And that's why, like, it was like a quasi sort of name, like how people used to do on Facebook. Um, Like, Emily, the baddest bitch in the world. Williams kind of thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I thought that it was that right. kind of thing, but apparently it's a real name. All right. That's, that's it, fine. It is a real name. It's on my birth certificate. It's on my passport. So yes, it's a real name. That's good to know. I, good. I, yeah. I was a cool kid. Yeah, obviously. Like you were ahead of the trend. Like look at I you. I was. All right. So <laughs> this episode is all about travel. Uh, just sort of getting your perspective on your travel as like, a regular human being like you're not you know I don't know like a a writer for any fancy magazine where they send you everywhere like when you travel it's on your own dime right yes that is very true although right. if anyone wants to hire me I'm, I'm available <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to understand then is sort of what what why why do you travel sort of what is it about travel that that you're drawn to I travel for, I mean, many reasons, because one, I want to see the world, but I think I really started actively traveling um, when just a series of relationships just kind of went bad, you know? Um, I found that travel was my escape, mm -hmm. and that I felt renewed when I went somewhere, and then when I came back, and so it really helped. It was like my therapy, you know, in a sense, oh. so... I, uh, you know, that's what really draw, drew me to travel. So what was like that, that first trip? Because you said sort of like a bad breakup is what, what spurred you into it. So what was that first travel and like trip experience like that, that really sort of kicked this off for you? 
Uh, well, my first travel experience was actually just to Mexico. Okay. Um, and that wasn't due to any type of breakup. But right before I was dating someone, and right before I turned 30, he and I were supposed to take a cruise together to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And it was then that he said that he couldn't go. And I was like, okay, why can't you go? And he's like, well, I didn't do everything I said I was going to do. So, But he did uh, help pay for his portion. But um, and things weren't really that great between us leading up to my birthday anyway. So mm-hmm. I ended up still going. And I went by myself and I had, like, the most amazing time. Um, so I just felt really good when I came back. And you said and you, went, I came back. you went by yourself, you said? I did. He was supposed to go with me, right. and he didn't go. And so I went by myself, had a great time, came back, and was just like, you know what? I don't need you. <laughs> it was the best failing in the world. <laughs> so you went, you got your groove back, and you came back and said, I don't need your groove. Please get away from me. <laughs> I have got my groove back, but not in uh, the Bahamas. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I pretty much feel like, you know, when you, whenever you leave, like, you can get your groove back wherever. Just not at home, I feel like. Just. I think those are the rules. Yeah. I don't know. So, how often do you travel? Uh, I would say I, lately, for the past couple of years, it's been about three to four international trips. Um, this year in particular, it's going to be I. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, so I have a lot of, I'm doing like a Latin America like theme. Mm-hmm. I uh, went to Colombia. I'm on my way to Panama next month, and then I'm going to Cuba. So, and I'm also going to Mexico, but that's not really considered Latin America. So, but, how how do you choose where you're going? You know, um, I will definitely say it's the travel deals. If I see a good deal, I just jump on it, and it's not always wise to do that because mm-hmm. then you find yourself planning your year out right? right so for instance i booked i mean i want to go to cuba so it's not an issue but i uh you know now in july i have three trips planned i'm like oh why did i do that like you know so july is going to be a little rough for me because i have three trips planned you have which, th- me, which means she's spending money you <laughs> so you have three trips planned for july so basically yeah. the entire month of July, you're, you're just going to be out of pocket. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. Cause I have nothing planned for like August or September. I easily could have just pushed one of the trips back. Right. It is what it is. And like, so the number one thing then that people are going to ask me is, or in that, that I want to ask you is like, how do you afford it then? Because you say that you just, buy the trips like when you see the travel deals come up um and i know i've i've asked you this in in the past just sort of how the hell do you do it um because (laughs) because like travel seems very expensive it seems very restrictive um and sometimes it seems very inaccessible um for for most people honestly um hell getting your passport can can cost upwards of you know, like $150, depending on how soon you need it, you know, where you are and different things like that. Um, so sort of how, how do you plan it out as far as expenses are concerned and, and finding travel well, deals also? 
Okay, so one thing that I do is I have a $500 threshold, right? So okay. if there's a deal that I find and it's under $500, I allow myself to book it. Now, I put money away. So um, every paycheck, I put a little bit of money away as a travel fund. Mm-hmm. So if something's under $500, I know I can book it. After that, then what I do is I will start looking at uh, hotels. And that might be going through an Airbnb. I mean, Airbnb is a godsend. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like Airbnb, you can go to hospital. I've never done a hospital, but people have paid as little as $10 a night. Everyone can afford $10 a night to go somewhere. Yeah, I've done hostels. They're really cheap. Uh, it depends on where you are in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. Some hostels that I've stayed in, I was just like, dear God, please don't let me wake up with my kidneys missing. Other places I've stayed, <laughs> I was just like, this is nice. This is really, really nice. Specifically in Vietnam. The the hostels in Vietnam were really, really nice. Um, but then also you can find some sort of like, I guess like two or three star hotels and they're two and three star hotels as compared to what they call like European style or Western style hotels um, in other countries where you can stay there for, you know, like $12 a night, but it's a really nice exactly. place. And that's essentially what happened to me when I was in Cambodia, that I stayed in a nice hotel room, its own bathroom, cable, Wi-Fi for like 12 bucks. So it, it, exactly. it depends. But yeah, you're right. It definitely depends. It definitely depends. I mean, I hear horror stories. I've never stayed in a hospital. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I ran into these girls in Amsterdam who stayed at a hospital for $30 uh, for, I think it was $30 a night. And they were like, you know, never again because the guy next to them was masturbating, you know. So they did a, um, I guess it's called a mixed share room. So it was guys and girls. Yeah. I, I did that I once. Heard. And how was it? Uh, so I slept on all of my stuff. So because I, like, like it was just a whole thing. The way that the way that the whole situation played out. Like I was only in the country that I was in. Honestly, it, it was a turnaround trip. Um, I think I was only there for like thirty six hours, and the whole time that I was there, it rained like to the point that you you couldn't get a cab. You couldn't go anywhere. Um, so, yeah, I just slept on all of my stuff, which I needed that rest. Like, I did sleep for a good, like, 18 hours of the 36 that I was there. Um, but that was definitely something where I was like, never the fuck again. Like, I am only getting a room <laughs> just with myself. This is not happening ever again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, in terms of travel, you can find really cheap flight deals. Like my flight initially to uh, Columbia was $200. So imagine $200 and you find they have hostels there for $11 a night. Mm-hmm. So for $200 and say $50, you can have a four day trip in Columbia. Now that doesn't include food and expenses getting around, but you know, you, there's always ways to get around that. Right. You know, you can, you can book your excursions in advance or, you know, you can just kind of go with the flow, and food is not that expensive in Colombia. I mean, you can eat really good for thirty dollars, and if you're risky, you can eat really good for less than ten dollars. That's true. I, I think it all depends on um, the country that you're Where going you go? to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, 
when you do a trip, like when you go to book a trip, um, do you have a specific time, like length of time that the trip has to be? Or do you just say, uh, just depends on how you're feeling at that point in time? Um, I, uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, sometimes if I'm not fairly comfortable, I won't say comfortable, but if I'm not fairly, um, if I don't know all the rules of the country, mm-hmm. I might say three days, three, four days. Um, or, you know, I'll look at how much travel time I have. You mm-hmm. know, I do work. So I'll look at, you know, the travel uh, vacation time that I have. And then I'll look at around that. So, I mean, I did four days in Columbia because mm-hmm. I've never been in Columbia. So I didn't really know what to expect. So I said, okay, four days would probably be enough for me to, ch- you know, get my feet wet. Right, right. And I love this. I definitely loved it. So let me ask you then, because you you mentioned sort of choosing your trip length around your um, like your vacation time at work. So how do you manage that? Basically, like how how (laughs) because you said that you you see trips and then if they're under five hundred dollars, like you book them. But now I'm just like, do you always know how much vacation time you have left? Like at all times? Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of. So, I I get eight weeks of vacation. Shit. Uh, <laughs> no. Like a European. Like what the hell? I know. Well, technically, we get six weeks, but I always carry over two weeks because I never use enough of it. So I maximize my weekends. I maximize my ho- the holidays. Right. And I'm able to use. I usually use between five and a half and six weeks every year. And then I just carry over two. So I always have eight. Christ. So, yeah, I could just normally, I normally can just book a trip and it doesn't phase me, you know, because I have the time. And I use. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, that doesn't help regular people that get a solid three <laughs> weeks every year. Like, <laughs> that doesn't help. Like uh, Thanksgiving. For instance, mm-hmm. normally a company might give you off Thursday and Friday. Right. Now, if you don't get, if you don't get Friday off, you can use a vacation day for Friday. So you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's mm-hmm. already four days. And if you say you want to come back on a Monday, then you're only using two days vacation out of. So if you have three weeks, you're using two of those days to do a five day vacation somewhere. But right. that's how you have to maximize your time. You also have to think about like for uh, when you have Mondays off. So say like President's Day. Mm-hmm. If you leave on a Thursday, then or excuse me, if you leave on a Friday morning, early Friday, then you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and you could just come back late. Then you have a four day vacation. I, it's you know you just have to kind of work it out, and right. I do that a lot. Yeah, and I I think that uh, when I like when people ask me sort of how how would I do it, I always say like look at holidays like like you said if you have a Friday and a Monday off or something like that or if you know that you get a better deal leaving in the middle of the week um, try to stay through the weekend to kind of maximize the number of days that you get to stay in country Um, just sort of kind of working it out depending on how however you feel about it you know it it just I think it all depends on um, the individual's sort of um mindset and also how much time they personally have which most people usually only have like five seconds so good for you having an hour (laughs) 
And I also will say, too, that most people say, well, it's very expensive to travel during the holidays, mm -hmm. which is true. But if you find a country that doesn't celebrate the holiday that, just, that we celebrate over here, you can still find a really good deal. Agreed. Yes. Uh, I did that when I was in grad school. Uh, my roommate and I, we went to Dubai for Christmas. It was the best thing ever. Like, it was the yes. best decision love, I love ever. Dubai. Yes. Like, it was the best decision ever because it's Christmas and, you know, you FaceTime with your family for like 10, 20 minutes, watch everybody open their gifts. Okay, I'm going to the beach. Uh, you guys have fun in your blizzard. Bye. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's, you know, exactly. You like, just to your family. <laughs> no, I, no, no, I don't. I don't think I would say that, but you know, uh, <laughs> Feliz Navidad and I'm out the door. See you later. Right. Um, right. But yeah, like, like stuff like you're right. Stuff like that, where there are countries that don't celebrate the holidays. Basically everything is open. You get to do cool stuff. It, it's fun. It's better that way. Actually. You yeah. You might miss a holiday with your family, but so what? You'll see the next holiday. Exactly. There are more. There are more. Like there's always more. So, do you think that uh, like a trip has to be a specific length of time in order to be, you know, restorative or can you change, like, can a travel sort of getaway weekend uh, change your life in a week in, can, can you change your life like in a weekend? Um, I, I, I can't answer that. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. So okay. I guess it really depends on where you go. Right. Cause mm -hmm. you can go to Puerto Rico for a weekend. Right. And, being on the beach and feel rejuvenated. But could you go to Europe for a weekend? No, not at all. You know? So I, I guess it's really uh, country specific, really, mm -hmm. of where you want to go. Fair enough. So, yeah. And even though Puerto Rico is not a country, I, I apologize. It's, you know, it's a part of the US. Territory. Yes. Yeah. It's a U.S. territory that cannot file bankruptcy. So, <laughs> right. Check that out. <laughs> Right. You um, can go to Jamaica for a weekend. Yeah. Jamaica's a country. You can go to Jamaica for a weekend and feel rejuvenated and feel refreshed and like you really did something and then you can come back and live your life or but again, you know, you could probably do that in Colombia too. Mm -hmm. You know. But the thing is, are you really gonna be rejuvenated? Because you're probably gonna want to see and do things. So I will always recommend at least at bare minimum four days. Okay. So how do you sort of maximize the the travel experience that you have? And like, how do you get the most out of it? Sort of, are there any staple things that you always, always do uh, when you get to a new country? Uh, well, it depends on the country, but if there's a beach, I always go to the beach. <laughs> I don't care if it's a crappy beach. Right. I'm going to the beach. Um, and sometimes I'll seek out, if there's nicer beaches, I will seek them out. Another thing I do is I try to visit something, do something cultural, because mm -hmm. that's the whole point of really, to me, being in a country is to, you know, figure out what there is to do and see and, you know, see how the people live, walk on the streets, you know, to just get a feel of the country that you're, you're in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always go to a country with the mindset, could I live here? Let right. me see what the people are doing. And I, you know, they seem happy and you know, they're very nice, then I'm like, okay, this feels good. You know, if they're, like, kind of cold and stuck up, then I know, like, oh, they probably live like I do in the U.S. <laughs> like, they're, they're not very happy. Right, right. So, <laughs> so what's an example of, of 
like something cultural that you that you did in country that you were like this is awesome okay so going back to dubai right uh-huh. abu dhabi really we went to the, the grand mosque it was so beautiful i i don't think i've ever seen something so beautiful mm-hmm. um did you visit I did not get to go to Abu Dhabi. Um, uh, yeah, it was a thing of, do we do yourself. that? Yeah, like, it was a thing of, like, do we do that or do we do this excursion in the desert? And I was just like, I want to do the excursion in the desert. Like, I, So that's what we did. It, it was it was fun, but uh, I don't you know. You can always go back. Yeah, like, I can I always go back. Travel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the Grand Mosque is simply amazing. And, you know, you have to wear the, the burqa. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just feel you just feel an immense sense of calmness mm-hmm. when you visit. I mean, it's beautiful. The reflecting pools, all the gold. I mean, it's just, just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. So, that's cool. That's, yeah, that's one thing I can say. And then, of course, I mean... And this is something that everyone goes when they go to Paris, Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing, amazing uh, build, not building per se, but it's a monument, I guess, or mm-hmm. not a monument. What would you call the Eiffel Tower? It's uh, an attraction. I, I mean, I know An that, attraction, yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's beautiful at night when, when it's lit up. I mm-hmm. mean, it's absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. And just to be in Paris, I mean, Paris already has that romantic feel. But when you see the Eiffel Tower against the CN, I mean, it's just beautiful. I mean, there's there's no words to describe that. Right. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done Europe yet, so I'm gonna take your word oh. for it. I'm gonna take gonna take your word for it. <laughs> yes. Well, when you do go, go with a bow. Oh. Oh, so, okay. So that leads me into my next question. Do you normally go with like another person or do you roll solo dolo? Um, I have rolled solo dolo, um, but I normally go with a friend um, or sometimes a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just depends on where I'm going. Sometimes I'll book a deal and then all my friends will also book a deal. So we'll just go together. Um, but I don't wait for them. I don't say, oh, you know, if you book, I'll go. I don't do that. Right. I book first. And then I tell you that I'm going. Right. And you have the option to go or not. That's all I roll. So do, <laughs> so do you prefer to travel with other people or do you prefer to travel alone? Uh, it doesn't make any difference to me. I am not afraid to travel alone. Mm-hmm. I have some of the best experiences traveling alone. But um, it's always good to have a friend with you to, for someone else to um, capture that moment with you, right? It's right. It's kind of precious, you know, I think. And sometimes you get to share that experience. So mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to share that with someone. Yeah, um, I don't uh, I don't know. Like, I'm so picky when it comes to people. Um, I don't know if you know this, Emily, but I'm not really a big fan of people. Uh, they're not they're not, my, they're not my favorite species. Um, so, and I, and I've had both experiences with traveling with people and then traveling alone. The only thing about traveling alone and doing it like long term is that you do kind of start to go crazy because there's no one to talk to. If you're in a country where you don't speak the predominant language, um, 
it starts to get a little maddening um, and, and just frustrating because you're just like, uh, don't speak the language and there's no one I can express my frustration about this. Um, and you really can't complain about it on social media because your, fa- your, your family and your friends are like, but you're in another country, so shut up. Thanks. Right. Yeah. So I think this is where, when you travel alone, but this is where um, a travel group would come mm-hmm. in, right? I'm in several travel groups. So one of them is Nomadness. And so I can be anywhere in the world and say, hey, is there anyone in, say, Cambodia? Mm-hmm. And guarantee there's eight or nine people in Cambodia saying, hey, I'll hang out with you. You know, want to do dinner, want to do this. So being part of nomad is you're alone, but you're never really alone. Right, you know? right. So that's the cool thing. And so you don't have to worry about that um, language barrier because usually they speak English, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I, I think that in essence that it feels even better to travel alone. But before there was no madness, when I traveled alone, I would always make friends. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty chatty and mm-hmm. I'll go to the local bar and, you know, I'll start talking to the bartender and then the person next to me. And usually you can find another person who's also traveling like you. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been anywhere where no one else was ever traveling, you know, like there's always someone on vacation somewhere. Right, right. Wherever you are in the world, someone else is on vacation too. Right. And you will find them, you know. I think you can do too, if you ever travel alone again, which it seems like you will, is that you can look online and look to see where the expats hang out, mm-hmm. you know, and just go there and you're bound to find someone to speak your language. Right. So, Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So when you go to like, a, a, like when you know where you're, where you're going, do you try to learn any of the, the destination language or are you just like, fuck that? <laughs> well, I took French for 10 years. So mm-hmm. I'm always proud to go to a French speaking country where they tell me that my fucking French sucks and they speak English because they understand that better. <laughs> so I will say. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, holy. Yeah. Right. I'm like, that 10 years was went down a dream. But uh, no, I mean, in Spanish, the funny thing with me is that wherever I go, right, I will try to pick up a few words mm-hmm. to get me by. But I sound so awful because for some reason I, I tend to mimic the, uh, I try to mimic them. So I try to sound overly Spanish when, oh I'm, when I don't speak Spanish. And I try to sound overly French when I don't speak French. Right. So it, it's all bad. So no, I just be like hand, hand signals. You know, me writing on paper. Right. That helps me out. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm the worst in that sense. I am the typical American. <laughs> and I hate that about myself. But it is what it is, right? Do you also yell loudly and slow? Like, do you do you do the classic loud and slow? <laughs> no, I do not. Okay. That All is right. so embarrassing. No, I don't say... So, do you understand me? No, I don't do any of that. <laughs> Not at all. I might be like, I'll be like, mommy, mommy, Nina. No. No. I mean, normally I'm speaking, I'm trying to speak Spanish. I'm not saying da 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 da. But I will say mommy. I don't know why. Like, a common phrase. 
is it? Is it though? Is it like? <laughs> is it like because I can't imagine that on the streets of Spain, that's what they're saying to each other. I don't. <laughs> Just a guess, hola. like right, like you can get a good hola going, but I, I'm pretty sure if you call someone mommy, they're just gonna be like, nope, walking past you, American, no, thank you. I'm like, hola, hola, mommy, hola, hola, mommy. No, you sound terrible. <laughs> you sound terrible. I would walk hey. right past you. Well, because you're a rude American. That's why. <laughs> I would walk right past you like i would just be like no i don't want that problem Mm-mm. no 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 already on enough borrowed time don't need to lose any more. no thank you oh no oh i uh-uh. uh-uh i'm not i'm not helping you no 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 so you said that you travel you know on on average about four times a year um do you do you ever have like anxiety traveling like especially on a U.S. passport as an American, given sort of the, the global climate toward us? Like, do you do you ever feel nervous about it or it's just like it doesn't matter? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't get anxious at all. Mm-hmm. However, I do feel that sometimes people will try to put their anxiety on you, for instance. When uh, me and my friend were on our way to Colombia, mm-hmm. we were going to meet some girls who were also traveling there that were in our travel group. You know, we were all going to meet up and, you know, hang out. Yep. So all of a sudden Zika's, Zika's around, right? You mm-hmm. hear about the Zika virus. It's everywhere. And it's in Colombia. And apparently three people died in Colombia, not due to complications of the Zika virus. Right. So one of the girls says, hey you know, Zika is in Colombia. I'm canceling my trip. You should cancel too because Zika's in Colombia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going to get it if we go there. I'm like, no, I'm okay. Uh, you know, and so then she, then she comes back and she says, well, my friend works for the CDC and she says that, you know, it's really bad there. Like Zika is no joke. So let me tell you what happened. All of the girls canceled except for me and my friend. And my friend was like, on the verge of canceling. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? If you you do what you got to do. I totally understand because if you get Zika, I'm not taking care of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Get sick if you want to, bitch. Good luck. Enjoy it. Because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be in these streets. going to be in these Colombian streets by myself. Like, what? I, I, was, I was so prepared to be in Colombian streets by myself. Oh Let my me just tell God. you. <laughs> However, I told her that you have to do what's best for you, honestly. Right. And I said, I, I would totally understand if you canceled. Like, it's it's okay. And, you know, everyone was saying, well, all the airlines are allowing you to cancel a flight. This must be serious. Mm-hmm. So we knew someone who was in Columbia, and I said, hey, is Zika really that bad over there? He said, what are you talking about? We don't even hear about Zika. Right. And I said, okay, this is the CDC fucking with us. Saying, you know what? Everyone, <laughs> keep your money at home. Right. So I was like, fuck you, CDC. I'm still going to Columbia. And I went, and you know what? I didn't get that one bite. I did spray myself down. I took precautions. But <laughs> I didn't get one bite. I didn't even see mosquitoes, okay? Right. I was on the beach. I didn't even see mosquitoes. I was looking for them bitches. Like, come bite me. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> right. I 
dare you come bite me because I got all this shit on. I, I'm telling you what would have killed me. The fucking deep spray would kill you before the fucking Zika virus does. Right. It's so strong. I, I was spraying it and it was getting in my lungs and I was coughing, coughing it up. I was like, this is so gross. Another fun fact is uh, if you are wearing sunscreen and uh, bug spray, if you get it on your hands, that combination for whatever reason is strong enough to actually melt your nail polish off. Fun fact. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, it is strong enough to like... Like you know how like the the gel looks when you when you go to put that on your nails and it it's malleable yeah. it looks exactly like that as it's like melting off of your nails so oh my gosh be aware of that so, friends <laughs> that, so that just goes to show you that you're gonna get cancer in the next twenty years because right. you put fucking sunscreen and beat on your body which was powerful enough to probably kill anything within you know within walking distance of you. Right. Meanwhile, so, with Zika, yeah. they're just going to change the, the, the malaria meds to include Zika and you're good to go. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't so, know. I mean, I the guess... didn't scare me. <laughs> and I guess in that regard, I would say, you know, you have to make decisions as a... Like you said to your friend, like you have to make decisions according to how you feel about it. But from what I understand, if you are not a pregnant woman and you are not a woman who is hoping to become pregnant in the immediate future, you're good to go. It's, it's fine. Exactly. It runs its course and now you're immune to it. Congratulations. Right. I was thinking if you can Zika, just drink some alcohol. Doesn't like Robitussin and alcohol make everything go away? You know? Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't. Um. Please consult your medical <laughs> professional about that because I I don't think that that is actually true. Like I don't I don't think your doctor is going to say, "Listen, here's what you can do. All right, if you got to go to work, take this robitussin. But if you don't have to go to work, here's some tequila. Knock yourself out, literally, and then everything will be all good." I don't I don't think that that's how doctoring works. Mm-mm. Oh. I was thinking about changing, uh, you know, career goals, but I guess maybe I should just stick to what I know. Yeah, I don't, I think that would be considered (laughs) malpractice, but you know, I don't know anything. I'm not a lawyer. So, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about the lawyering or the doctoring. So, you know, I, I like to stay in my lane. Thank you. No, I, I'm totally with you on that. I am totally with you. However, if you do take that advice, just know that you have agreed to a waiver to not sue me. So there, there uh, the I don't. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think that's how that works. So let me ask you about something. So, okay, you were in Paris during the Paris attacks, the 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 recent yeah. one. What was that like? Um, it was. Yeah, it was scary in a sense. Mm-hmm. It was scary. Um. You know, we just didn't really know, because we weren't watching TV, right? We didn't know that it was terror attacks. Right. We just saw a whole bunch of cops in our neighborhood, like, what the hell is going on? I mean, they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then when we got in the hotel, they locked us in. I was like, oh, shit. Like, what's going on? And so it wasn't until I got a whole bunch of phone calls from the U.S. saying, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And mm-hmm. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, this terrorist attack. I'm like, oh, shit. That's not 
in our neighborhood because I think someone just robbed somebody. Right. And they're like, they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, but there's a lot of cops around here. Maybe they're taking precautions. And sure enough, I didn't know that we had just missed the bomb. Which oh is my so God. Crazy. Not that we would, we weren't in that restaurant, right? but we were on the bus. We were going to take the train back. And it was such a beautiful night. We were like, let's take the bus. So we took the bus to another train. And because we did that, we missed the the explosion. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. It is insane. It is insane. Um, But you know what it taught me? It taught me that no matter where you are, things can happen, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 9-11 happened here. I lived here at the time. So... I mean, anything can happen anywhere. You can't be afraid. And I'll be honest, I'm not really afraid of terrorist attacks. I'm more afraid of domestic terrorism because that's what really mm-hmm. is a threat to me on a daily basis. You right. know, we have all these homegrown terrorists walking amongst us. Mm-hmm. That's what you really need to be concerned about. I mean, I feel more threatened going to the movie theater at seven o'clock at night right. than I do flying to Paris. Right. So, I mean, that, but that's how I that's how I am. Not everyone is like that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it it I mean it scared me. But did it stop me from going to Paris? Will it stop me from going to Paris? No, not at all. Paris right. is like my favorite city in the world. Nothing, not even a terrorist attack, could stop me from going. You know. And remember when I said like when you go to a place, I always look to see if I can live there. Right. And the, the people are don't, don't seem so happy there, but. They're miserable, but it's just something about those damn cobblestones that I just got to be there. And the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Uh, But no, but it's something about Paris that Mm -hmm. just draws you in. It's just just so beautiful. Like, I've never been somewhere where I felt like I totally belong here. Like, Mm -hmm. I should live here. This is where I need to identify with. I, and I feel that way about Paris every day. I think, like, how can I live there? Right. You know? And it is. I mean, you will um, encounter some racism there, but you encounter it here. I mean, racism is everywhere as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm still working on, on how I can live there. We'll see. Maybe when I retire, I'll retire there. Who knows? But it's my favorite place, and nothing can stop me from going back. Right. And that's and that's an option, you know, sort of uh, yeah. sunset years where you're going to spend it in America. Maybe not. Yeah, no, definitely not here. <laughs> you know, you can get people retire out of places for a reason. I mean, right. it's cheaper to live. Health care is really good. Right. Your retirement funds go really far. So people always pick Latin America as a place to retire mm-hmm. you know if it's not brazil it's ecuador or chile or argentina i mean all the places you can get by on you know a lot less than you can here so i mean it makes perfect sense to retire not to retire here unless you live like in the east bubble fuck of west virginia which, right you know so let me ask you like you talked about uh encountering you know some racism while you were in uh in paris uh do you experience it anywhere else or, you know, do you have sort of any, I don't know, I guess I'm going to ask you again about anxiety, about traveling, not necessarily as an American now, but as a black woman. Um, yes. Like there are some, like for the, 
I've always wanted to visit Moscow, right? Mm-hmm. But I hear so many racist things about Moscow that it does kind of make me not want to visit. Like, mm-hmm. will I visit? Maybe. I, in my travel group, I saw that about four or five black women went to Moscow and had a decent time, didn't have any issues. But then I hear about people who did have issues. I felt that way about Iceland. I, so I went to Iceland last month. Mm-hmm. But I was Googling, you know, are there many black people in Iceland? Do, do Icelanders like black people? You know, how can you, you know, are there a lot of black people in Iceland? Are there any black people in Iceland? Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I thought was they're going to look at me funny and they didn't look at you. I'm not going to say they didn't look at you, mm-hmm. but they were so welcoming. You would go into like any like cafe or like vinyl shop. They're big on records. So they still use vinyl. I think that is like the coolest thing. It's so art. Iceland's very artsy, mm-hmm. surprisingly. But hipsters paradise. They're so welcoming. It is totally hipsters paradise. But they're so welcoming. I mean, they want you to visit. They want you to feel good. They want you to, uh, you know, be welcome in their country. And mm-hmm. I thought that was such a beautiful thing. Not everybody was like that, but I didn't think that was racism. I just thought that they were like, huh, you know, more tourists. Great, right, right. Um, I didn't think. Uh, it was anything because you did. I, what I found was that I found a black-owned cafe in Iceland. How cool is that? Wow! It's in it's at the marina in Reykjavik. I thought that was the coolest thing. She's from Haiti. She married an Icelander. She opened up a little uh, cafe. Mm-hmm. Cakes are delicious, by the way. <laughs> and so it was so cool. And then I went to the fish market, and uh, we encountered a you know a mixed race girl. She was still black. Um, and you know, she and I tried fermented shark, so which is disgusting. Never try fermented (laughs) shark ever. Okay. (laughs) That is the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. Describe, describe what it's like. Okay. So it's like taking a piece of, uh, chewy meat. Okay. And dipping it in ammonia and eating it. Oh my God. So when, when you put it in your mouth. It's really chewy. Okay. And as you start chewing, the ammonia flavor releases itself into your mouth. And you're like, what the fuck am I eating? Am I going to die? Am I going to die? Tell me. Am I going to die? And she's like, oh, no, that's just the ammonia flavor. And I'm like, nigga, you could have told me that. It tastes like ammonia. So I spit it out. And it's getting, like, stuck in my teeth because it's so chewy. It's not shredding. Right. It's stuck in my teeth. It's, like, the worst thing ever. Never again will I ever try fermented shark. Sorry, Icelanders. That shit is not good. And, <laughs> by the way, they don't even eat that. They only eat it once a year. It's called remembrance. Where they eat all the fucking bad food that they remember that is bad. So I don't understand that. But they eat it once a year. <laughs> You're so, so angry about that shit. Like you were so <laughs> mad about oh, it right I now. I was mad. I was so <laughs> mad. So so mad. But Icelanders, you know, Iceland is definitely for black people. I mean, I saw black tourists, you know, throughout my stay, but it was cool. It was cool. Matter of fact, all the vinyl shops you went to, they were playing like Nina Simone, Michael Jackson. So they they love the chocolate. They love the cocoa. They got love for the cocoa. Okay. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> after like you you've been to so many places like in in your mind sort of what is what is your travel philosophy? Uh, just go. Book that shit. That's what this girl always says. Book that ish. 
you know, just book it. Just just book it. You know what? Everything else will fall into place later on. Right. My dad is the type of person who's like, well, if I book the cheap flight, I got to think about hotel. And I got to think right. about where to stay and what to do and how to eat. And I'm like, don't worry about all that shit. Just book it. That's the first step, right? It's to book it. Yeah. Once you book it, you will figure everything out. I promise you. I have never been to a place where I haven't been able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So my philosophy is just go. Yeah, and that is very much true uh, because for my backpacking trip through uh, Southeast Asia, I did not have a place to stay in any of the countries that I landed in. I just right. basically, and you it out. yeah, like I basically landed and was like, "Shit, where are you gonna stay, girl? Because you gotta stay somewhere." <laughs> Like, and in some instances, like uh, when I was in Jakarta, it turned out great. Like the place that I stayed was great. But then, you know, I walked around Jakarta and was like, shit, I'm not staying here. Like, this is boring, you know, and hopped a like $80 flight to to Bali and stayed there for the rest of the time. Um, (sighs) But then there are instances like when I was in Bali and I'm walking around and I can't find a hostel to stay. Like I literally walked around for two and a half hours trying to find a place to stay. And like this, this British girl who was teaching in, I think she said she was teaching in South Korea. She was teaching English in South Korea, um, like saw me and she like took pity on me. And she was like, you know, you can stay in my room. She was like, and in the morning, like just walk and find a, you know, a different place for you or whatever. Um, And I was just so happy about that because I was just so happy to be able to shower. Like it it was, it was the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, like, I didn't really worry about it. Like, it was okay. It was fine. Like, Yeah, I mean, you, eventually, everything falls into place, right? Yeah. You were, you were never going to be homeless. And, no. you know, divine intervention led you to this British girl who took pity on you. Yeah, you know? I mean, she also uh, dipped out and made me pay for that one night that I stayed there. Uh, so, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case you saw her shit, she wanted to have some assurance. Right, so <laughs> that also happened. Um but yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, it was it was an interesting experience. Um, so what destination or, or trip would you just be like, yeah, that's never fucking happening again? Um, oh, okay. This is easy. Bermuda and St. Lucia. Really? First of all, yes. And, and Bermuda is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. However... It is so fucking expensive for no reason. I mean, I understand that everything's imported. And Iceland's expensive, by the way, too. But Iceland has beautiful nature all around. Mm-hmm. Bermuda has the fucking beach. I can see, I can go to Cancun for cheaper and have an awesome time on beach. Mm-hmm. And if I want fucking pink, if I want pink sand, I'll bribe some pink glitter and throw it in the sand. And call You're it stupid. A day. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, first of all, Bermuda, they have a lot of horses, right? That, comes through the beach. They fucking shit on the fucking sand, like, and no one picks it up. Like, I, that was just so disgusting to me. That's number one. It's beautiful there, but it's just expensive for no reason. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get it. Everyone's friendly, but Bermuda's not my, not my cup of tea. I would never, I never have to go back to Bermuda. St. Okay. Lucia. Everyone talks about how beautiful St. Lucia is. The fucking beach is rocky. Yes, I am a beach snob, so right. I will judge you on your beaches. Fuck St. Lucia beaches. They're all rocky. They're horrible. Never again. <laughs> Got Big it. Kids too, but I want 
I like flyboarding in St. Kitts, so they have a little bit of love for me. But I'm, I'm never going there again either. Jesus. So you're like, you're you're done with the with the Caribbean. Like you're just like, nah. No, I'm not done with the Caribbean because Barbados is excellent. You know, Cayman Islands beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico, Baru Island in Colombia. I mean, I I would take all of them over St. Lucia or over Bermuda. And Bermuda is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. The sand was lovely without the shit in it. Um, (laughs) It's really cool and pink, you know, because of the coral. But I can do without it. I'm sorry. Right. It's small, too. We, We were there for a long extended weekend, and we saw the whole damn island. Wow. So I'm good. Yeah, it's small. It's 22 miles. So have you ever had like any travel crises where you're just like, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do now? Uh, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so my, so this is actually tied into Bermuda. So I was going to Bermuda with a girlfriend and she, she decided, her basement floods that morning that we're supposed to lead out. Mm-hmm. She's trying to clean up the water. We're about to take a flight to Bermuda. So by the time we get to the airport, we can't check our bags. So what we do is we we leave our suitcases for anyone to take, and we try to stuff our, our stuff in, like, these I Love Baltimore bags. So I have, like, four I Love Baltimore bags running to the gate, just for the gate to be like, uh, we can't let you on. You have too many bags, and we have already closed the gate. Oh my god! Not letting people on, and I'm like, "What are we gonna do?" And they're like, "Well, we can reroute you, and you'll get there on Friday." I'm like, "But I'm leaving on Monday. It's right. Wednesday. Like, come on!" So the lady says, "I'm gonna take pity on you. You gotta make it to Philly within the next hour and a half. When you're when this when this flight lands, you need to be in line to get on it. I'm gonna reroute your ticket. I've never done this before for anyone, so I'm gonna do it for you." So she rerouted our ticket. Mind you, we're at BWI. Right. I have, to, I have to get to Philly within an hour and like 15 minutes to catch our flight. Right. This, all, this is just all bad, right? And I'm cursing my friend out because why, I'm like, why the fuck would you try to <laughs> clean out your basement when it's flooded? Fuck your basement. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're in a car. I'm doing 90 on the highway. Like, right. This is not... And I'm like, you know, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. And then we make it. Somehow, by the grace of God, we make it. We paid like $100 a day to park because I just parked anywhere. Yeah. I literally just parked my car and we ran out. I mean, but we made it. And to this day, I'm like, I don't know how the hell we made it, but we made it with like 10 minutes to spare. Shit, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my little travel crisis. Oh my god, um, that's so fucking crazy! It it was it was very crazy. <laughs> I mean, we we can laugh about it now, but I was so mad. First of all, I had to leave my damn luggage right, so I have all these fucking Baltimore bags. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, so I'm like, I hate these I love Baltimore bags. I don't love Baltimore. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my god, yeah, so, that is hilarious. So yeah. So, what so, is, what's your dream trip or, or destination? Like, length of time, place, everything? Uh, I would definitely say the Maldives. Okay. It's uh, my dream vacation. And I would love, love, love to visit the island, uh, Karuba. 
Okay. It's a little island in the Maldives. It's a resort island. Um, it's about $4,000 a night. So Shit. when I go, <clears throat> I've realized that I can go to the Maldives, but I probably won't be able to go to the Karuba Island. But they have some um, local islands that you can stay on for like $30 a night. So mm-hmm. that's my plan. So I'm going to go next year and I'm going to go by myself. I'm not going to tell anyone when I go. I'm just going to post up and be like, I'm in the Maldives, but just. So, and how long how do. long do you want to go for? I'm probably going to go for a week. Um, you know, when you go to the places like the Maldives, you don't really go for, I mean, they do have excursions, but you really go for a peace of mind, you right. know, for that eat, pray, love, uh, you know, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, that would be my way to disconnect and just be by myself and, you know. And just kind of reflect on on life, really. Mm-hmm. So I definitely don't want to go with anyone. I definitely want to go alone. That's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think so. You gonna shed a tear? Nah. Shedding a tear over there? Nah. Oh, okay. Nah. I'm a G. But yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my that's my dream destination. That's cool. So yeah, you went to Bali. I d- I did that's I did go awesome. to Bali. Um. I basically just spent the entire time uh, on the beach. Um, Yeah, I talked to my parents. They told me that apparently there was an earthquake on the East Coast. Thanks, fracking. And uh, then that was it. Like, you know, whatever. It was no big deal. NBD. NBD. (laughs) So what would be your top three travel tips? Okay, so first of all, the first travel tip I will ever get is to buy trip insurance. Mm. Buy it. I don't care if it's, it's only, it's never more than $15, right? Or $20 or $30. Buy it. It will save you a headache of time. And the only reason why I say that, I never bought trip uh, insurance ever mm-hmm. until the Nomadness Group, uh, they went to Panama and they were on an excursion bus and the bus flipped over. It went over a cliff. Oh my Two God. people died. Yeah, two people died. And so to get their bodies, and a lot of people were in the hospital, and because some of them had insurance, some of them didn't, the people who didn't have insurance, you know, we're kind of, you know, had to raise, we had to raise money for them. Thousands of dollars to get them to be, uh, you know, to get them out of the hospital. Shit. Because the hospital won't let you leave unless you had insurance. So insurance is very important. And the people that died, we had to raise money for them to bring the bodies back. So I say this, you know, you you can have as much fun as you want, but pay the extra money for the insurance. Mm-hmm. It will save you a ton of time. And you know what? It's just in case something happens. You can never predict if something is going to happen or not going to happen, but definitely buy trip insurance. Um, when you go overseas, I would definitely say, carry get some of the local currency. Mm-hmm. I see so many people who want to use their cards everywhere we go. Yeah, cards are great, but guess what? Some countries don't accept your cards. Right. Sometimes your cards don't work. So it pays to have local currency. And then another thing I'll say, my last travel tip, is don't be afraid to go on public transportation. Mm-hmm. If you have to take a bus and it takes an hour to get somewhere, just do it. It will give you a much broader sense of how that country is. It will help you uh, interact with the locals. And sometimes the locals are very protective of tourists. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've seen it, you know? where people might come up to you and someone will say, no, 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 no. She's with me. 
you know, because they want to protect you. Right. You know, and they're always nice and, you know, they'll give you food. And I mean, I've had people give me all types of stuff. I had this woman pray for me on the street. So, I mean, just, you know, don't be afraid to actually mingle and interact and get on public transportation. Mm -hmm. Go to places that you want to go to because you'll have a much better time. Cool. Yeah. So if you had to pick one song that, you know, would encapsulate sort of like your travel life or or would be like a signifier of your um, just how you travel or, or, or whatever, I don't know, would that would be representative of the way that you think of travel? Uh, what would that song be? You know, this sounds so cliche, but it probably would be um, Happy by Pharrell. Really? Because I'm always ha- yes, I'm always happy to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm not home, you know, I have a nomadist type of heart. So I'm always wanting to wander somewhere. So I, I'll i go anywhere and I'm always happy to go. You know, I, I'm never unhappy. Cool. <laughs> to go somewhere. Where, okay. yeah, where do you look for travel deals? Before, before we go, like where, what places do you look for travel deals? Uh, the flight deal is one where I look for travel deals. Secret flying. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Google, the Google ITA matrix, which is where you can put in like where you want to go. You can put anywhere in the world. You can put everywhere in the world. You just put everywhere. And it will tell you the cheapest places of where to go during the time frame you want to go. So in case you don't know where you want to go, you put everywhere. And it'll say, okay, if you want to go to Miami this week, that week, but you want to travel, it's $200. If you mm-hmm. want to go to Columbia, it's 300 If you want to go to Paris, it's 600 So that's pretty cool. Um, and then Thrifty Traveler is really, really good. They kind of post the same deals as Secret Flying, but I feel like I get them a lot faster um, from Thrifty Traveler. Um, and those are all for flights. For hotels, Hitmonk is pretty good. Priceline, name your own price, is like my favorite. And then Airbnb, and then you also have uh, hospitalworld.com if you just want to stay in a hospital. And for excursions, viator.com is pretty good. It's always an upcharge, so you are paying more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, your money is definitely guaranteed. So I always use Viator. Okay. So and I will have all of those listed on the website for folks who want to, you know, take a little take a glimpse at them, want to run over and, and see what things they have to offer, blah, things they have to offer. Um, so I want to ask you the signature question of the podcast. And that is, uh, what's the best advice that you have never taken? <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but the best advice that I've never taken is always go with your gut. Really? And I know that people, yeah, everyone always says, you know, go with your gut, go with your gut. But I find when I do the opposite, things work out 100%. I don't know why. <laughs> because my gut, I don't know. If it's, I, don't, I don't know. My gut is fucked up, I guess. I, so, I guess. Like, it, it doesn't want you to have nice things, apparently. <laughs> no, I think it does. Yes, it doesn't want me to have nice things. So when I, you know, don't go with my gut, I have nice things. Right. I, I don't know. My gut. My gut does not like me, apparently. You got a shady ass gut. Like I do have a shady gut. Hating ass hater yes, gut. I, like <laughs> Yes. Yes. I do. I have a hating ass gut. So when I don't <laughs> when I don't go with my gut, everything works out. It's perfect. It's like utopia. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Emily, thank you so much for being on Reluctantly Adult. I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your experiences, and uh, telling everyone your secrets about where you know you find your deals for for your trips. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. And that's it. Um, yeah, I think a good takeaway on that is to never trust a hating ass hater gut. Um, because clearly it will lead you down the wrong path. Uh, another takeaway is, um, you know, try choosing a country that doesn't celebrate the same holidays as the country that you're coming from. Uh, so that way you can find better travel deals. Um, and there's also things for you to do, uh, while you're there. Um, and buy trip insurance, um, especially, you know, health insurance, because you never know if you'll need it. Um, in the next interview, I talk with Joe and he talks about sort of how he makes friends with people super, super easy, um, no matter what country he's in. Uh, he also talks about how he and his best friend um, traveled to Italy in a super secret black ops trip um, at the age of 16. Um, it's a really, really fun interview that we had, and I hope you all enjoy. Welcome to Reluctantly Adult. Please introduce yourself to the people. Hey, Shermel. My name is Joe Kirk. I'm 26 years old and I'm an avid traveler. Yes, you are. So Joe Kirk and I went to high school together. Um, he was a wee little baby. I think you were, what, <laughs> two years behind me or, or three? A year, I think. Was it a year? Um, no, yeah, maybe it was two. I don't know. Long time ago. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but <laughs> at the time, I used to really, Joe used to really get under my skin. Like, he was just <laughs> always all over the place. Um, and it was always just... Some like, things don't change. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was just like, oh, Joe, go away. <laughs> um, so you will hear me reference him as Joe Kirk, um, whole name, because that is what we called him. It is yeah. ingrained in me to do that, so deal with it um but you know as i noted joe you you travel a lot you're you're an avid traveler um why do you do it what what kind of makes you drawn to it um just the experience i think it all started when i was a kid mm -hmm. um i remember i guess it was like first grade or kindergarten or something you know when you're first starting to read and everything and they have all the books in the library and all the kids were reading like I don't know, the golden fish or whatever that book's called. And, mm -hmm. you know, like your standard kids books. And I remember at my elementary school, they had a picture dictionary in Japanese and one in French. Um, and I just remember being like totally fascinated that you could say words differently in other languages. Cause I guess at that age, you don't really understand, um, you know, the size of the earth and mm -hmm. different cultures and things like that. So I just remember being totally fascinated that people call things different words and, especially seeing um, like the Japanese script, you know, like really turned me on to the idea. So, you know, as life progressed, um, I kind of realized my family was never going to pick me up and take me across the Atlantic, you know, or anything mm -hmm. like that. So my first trip abroad was when I was 16 with my best friend and we just picked up and went to Italy. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then ever since it's just kind of progressed, I studied geography in college so that really deepened my interest in other cultures mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So yeah, that's kind of what got me started, just really the fascination with other people and cultures. And the older I got, the more I understood, 
you know, the complexities of culture and, and, you know, geopolitical landscapes, things like that. So let me ask you at 16, that would have made you a sophomore in high school and and your parents were just cool with you just picking up and piecing out like yeah well we didn't really tell them it was kind of like a black ops you know i applied for my passport and everything although now that i think about i don't know if they had a sign but if they did they didn't know what they were signing or anyway you know um and that was it and then we just we were pretty conservative we booked like on a tour so i knew they would have nothing to worry about and i saved up money and you know back then i had money because i had no bills so we actually went on a pretty awesome vacation, stayed at like five star um, hotels and and got to go all throughout Southern Italy and Sicily. And it's really cool. We went for like two and a half, three weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, I just kind of surprised my parents one day and said, oh, by the way, you know, Nick and I are going to Italy in a couple weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, but they were cool. You know, they're always supportive and they trust me. So. Yeah, that you, you're you're lucky because my parents are like, "What <laughs> the hell? No, absolutely not. No yeah. way. Like, not by yourself, not with no supervision. Absolutely not. No." Yeah, I think my parents realized I was pretty stubborn. So if I wanted to do, it, I was going to do it. And right. it's actually the first time I got drunk when I was in Italy, which was <laughs> amazing. We were in Sicily and <laughs> we were drinking grappa. It's called. It's like a local. Um, I don't know, like how Greece has like ouzo and like Italy has sambuca, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's like the leftovers from the wine and they just make this awful tasting cheap liquor. Um, so, you know, 140 pound, 16 year old me drinking that. Right. I was like hopping down the hallway of this beautiful hotel thinking I was a frog. Then I was like praying in Latin and <laughs> jokingly reenacting the exorcism, you know, when in oh Rome. So <laughs> it, was, it was a mess, but it was awesome. And yeah, great first experience abroad. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, you look like a jackass American. So yeah, everybody yeah. was happy about it. Like, was, <laughs> no one was disappointed. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> That's cool. So in, in like a year, how often do you travel? Um, I take a lot of little trips, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the States. Um, but overall, internationally, I definitely try for at least one a year, mm-hmm. um, sometimes two. But like in the last year, for instance, this time, you know, April of last year, I went to Colombia and South America mm-hmm. um, like three weeks before that. I was in New Orleans. Um, then I went to Puerto Rico over the summer. And then I've been to Florida twice. You know, so like little cheaper kind of like weekend trips like Florida or Puerto Rico or something that I can take. Right. Um, but I plan on like longer haul trips, you know, like South America and stuff like that. Um, about, you know, once a year more if I'm able to. Depends mm-hmm. on my job, my time off, you know. Right. So how do you choose where you go? <laughs> I feel like it chooses me. <laughs> I never really said like, hey, I want to go here. You know, right. things just pop up. Like I had a friend whose dad was from Morocco and his cousin was getting married and his dad just asked me, you know, he was telling my buddy or whatever. And his dad just asked me, Hey, do you want to go? So I was, of course, you know, I want to go to Morocco for three weeks. Right. So that's how I went there. And, you know, <laughs> I just went through a breakup and finished my classes for college, mm-hmm. my senior year. Um, and then graduation wasn't for a week. So it was like that Friday and my best friend's family had a timeshare in Aruba and they were going and I was all depressed, you know, and he's like, hey, do you want to go with us? Because I was picking him up to take him to the airport in the mm-hmm. morning. So it was like midnight. Their flight left at 6 a.m. And I was like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> so I had nothing on me. Right. Um, 
just the clothes on my back. I booked a ticket and I got the last seat on his flight and we left like for the airport four hours later. And it was the best experience, you know, the most spontaneous trip. And so a lot of the times they just kind of come to me, you know? Um, and it's funny, actually in Aruba, um, the place we were staying at, the bartender's son was around our age. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I befriended him. He was really cool. I got back to the States. He asked me if I wanted to come to Colombia, um, you know, to just to like see what it's all about because mm-hmm. he didn't live in like Bogota or anything. Um, he lived in a city called Cucuta, which is on the border of Venezuela. So it's like the fifth largest city, like no Americans ever go there. And, right. And same thing, you know, I, it was crazy because I didn't really even know this kid, but mm-hmm. I was like, I, you know, I knew him for a week, but it's like, okay. <laughs> right. So that was the first time I went to Colombia and that was awesome. So yeah, a lot of times it's just like opportunity. Um, but there's definitely times when I want to go somewhere, you know, so just based on, you know, what I'm feeling that day and how much money is in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I'm, I'm sure that that is one of the, uh, the larger considerations to kind of take into, in, into consideration. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So let me ask you, like, clearly you, you sort of make fast friends with folks. If, if you just made friends with this guy and was like, sure, I'll go to Columbia with you, whatevs. Um, yeah. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you gauge whether or not you should, you know, become friends with people and then sort of pick them up to become uh, eventual travel buddies? How, how do you sort of put that together? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I don't know. I just feel like I can read people pretty well and... Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's just kind of like a sixth sense of mine. And I mean, there's definitely inherent risk with just randomly meeting somebody and then traveling, you know, thousands of miles away and staying with them. And Mm -hmm. but a good example of this. So I'm glad you brought it up. I went to Nicaragua in college my freshman year for like a service trip. You know, it was like some kind of environmental crap and like plant trees and, you know, and it ended up being amazing. It was Mm -hmm. for like, um, I guess we were there for two weeks and you know, we worked in these communities up in the mountains and like really impoverished area and things like that. And I made amazing friends there who I'm still friends with. But, um, so it was for two weeks and I asked mm-hmm. my professor, can I extend my return ticket like for two weeks after that? So I'm there a month. Right. And you know, he didn't care. We fundraised the money and everything. So he's like, yeah, you know, do whatever you want. So it was all well and great. We went back to Managua and you know, the little group I was with, they all flew back home. So here I am in Managua, Nicaragua, like 19 years old I don't know why, like, I decided, oh, yeah, I should just stay here Um, because I had nowhere to go, nowhere to stay. And, like, this is before Airbnb, you know. I tried couch surfing, but, again, like, Managua, Nicaragua, like, there's not a lot of couch surfing hosts and um, really no hostels. The one I saw was, like, pretty terrifying. So I'm not even religious. I don't know why I decided to do this, but I was like, let me go to a church Mm -hmm. and so I went to evangelical church and I just sat through the mass and I was like, these people are going to notice I'm out of place. You know, right. somebody's going to come up to me who speaks English, I'm hoping, or whatever. Like I know everyone's staring at me, you know, it's like the elephant in the room. And right. sure enough, after mass, this girl came up to me who spoke English and German and um, she was Nicaraguan. And, um, you know, she asked me what I was doing and blah, blah, blah. And I told her and <laughs> she asked me where I was staying. And I was like, I don't know yet. And, so she was there with her family. It was her mom, dad, and her brother. And she was a year older than me. Her brother mm-hmm. was a year younger. And it just so happened that they had a spare bedroom and they lived in the city. So I actually ended up staying with them oh, that's cool. uh, for like the remainder of the time. And I'm still friends with them. And 
you know, it's an amazing relationship, but it just started on like a hunch, you know, like, let me just go to the church and, and I don't know (laughs) if that didn't work, I would have found something that did. Yeah. Talk about a wing and a prayer. Like, geez, man, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't know if I could have done that, man. Like, and I've, and I've been someone that has booked travel somewhere and just been like, I'll figure out where I'm staying when I land. Yep. And it's just like, (laughs) oh man, Joe Kirk, you're an animal. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I could do it, man. That's yeah, I was much younger then, you know, like now that was, I don't know, whatever, like seven years ago. So now I'm not sure that I would do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but back then, you know, I just didn't really think anything of it. I was just being resourceful, you know. So ignorance is bliss sometimes. So tell me, um, do you often travel alone or, or in groups? Uh, it depends, um, you know, where I'm going and, mm-hmm. I guess a lot of the time I'm traveling to a place where there's other people. So usually I go by myself mm-hmm. um, because I'll have friends somewhere, you know, to the place I'm going, the destination. Um, but there's been, yeah, I've definitely traveled with groups of my two best friends um, and I, we like to travel a lot. So I like to mix it up, but I actually really enjoy traveling alone. I think it's one of the best ways to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know some people don't like that, but for me, I just think it's like one of the most relaxing, stress-free ways to get out and see the world. So when you're, you know, getting ready to leave and you're heading out by yourself, solo dolo, how do you prepare for your trip? Prepare in what sense? Just like the trip in entirety or? Yeah. Like, are there specific things that Joe always needs in his carry-on, like snacks or, you know, just just sort of what steps do you take that you like you find yourself always doing them because they're routine um, and they make your travel either more comfortable or just a lot better. Like it elevates it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty sloppy. Like I just went to Florida for a long weekend and I forgot my underwear. <laughs> so <Wait>. I'm not. <laughs> Wait a second. How does that happen? Like underwear should be like uh, yeah. number two on the list behind your toothbrush. Yeah. I'm not a big planner. So I always pack like literally the morning of or the night before. So mm-hmm. I was so focused on making sure I have my wallet, like my contacts, uh, you know, my contact solution, like little things like that. Mm-hmm. Necessities that apparently underwear wasn't a big deal. So, you know, I just free balled it the whole time I was there. (laughs) (laughs) So it was great. It was 90 degrees, you know, nice breeze. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but in general, um, I don't know. I just, I never, I never check a bag because Mm -hmm. I never want to lose a bag. So I make sure no matter where I'm going for how long it can all fit, you know, I can just carry it on kind of like in a duffel bag. Mm -hmm. Um, there's really not much. I mean, all I really need is my headphones, you know, my iPod and some money and, you know, hopefully underwear and some shoes. And I'm good to go. <laughs> so how do you get the most out of your travel experiences as far as like, you know, diving into the local culture or uh, anything mm-hmm. like that? Well, I always, a good resource I use is wiki travel um, or wiki travel, however you say it. Um, Cause they have a lot of good insights on places and like what to do, where to check out, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that, that maybe you won't necessarily find in a tour book or they're a little bit more candid in their description, you know, um, right. because it's written by people who, you know, anybody can edit the article, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of get like a wireframe in my mind of like, okay, these are the things I'd like to do and see, or like, this is what the place offers, but really just go with an open mind. Um, I never plan out like this day, I'm going to do this, that day I'm going to do that. You know, I just kind of keep an open mind and 
you know, if something changes, then I'm ready to go. Or um, if something piques my interest that I didn't think would, at least now I know what, because I didn't plan on doing something else that day. You know, mm -hmm. if I really want to sit in, I don't know, this plaza or go to whatever, this restaurant that I just happen to walk by, you know, I have the freedom to do that because I'm not bogged down by, um, you know, making reservations and planning. Um, right. And I think too, just really trying to go outside your comfort zone. Like, you know, I speak Spanish, but I don't speak, you know, Arabic for instance, but mm -hmm. when I'm in Morocco, you know, at least trying to speak Arabic or French to people, I think will really earn their respect and they'll start to tell you a lot of things that maybe only locals would know that really make your trip that much more interesting. Right. So I right. think really just trying to keep an open mind and communicate with the locals and, you know, not just take a map and walk around at all the highlighted spots on the map, you know, and just maybe just wander and just right. see what piques your interest. I think that's the coolest way um, and the best way to make the most of your trip. Cool. So where do you look for your travel deals? Because I know, uh, God, I want to say maybe about two years ago, I asked you like, Joe Kirk, how do you afford all of this? And you were just like, travel miles girl and i was just like I <laughs> i'm sure that's exactly how i said it <laughs> i'm pretty sure that is uh yeah. and i was just like i don't know what that means so sort of you know can you can you tell me exactly how yeah. you know you find your deals and and even how you sort of expense your trips mm -hmm. um before i was pretty loyal to u.s airways because they have a hub in philly so you know i always got good deals and i would just like you said i would just build up miles i had a u.s airways credit card so I always had a ton of miles, but then what I found is like, if there's gaps when I can't travel or whatever, all those miles end up being good for, to purchase like magazine subscriptions, mm -hmm. you know, like I had a ton of miles and I couldn't use them and they were going to expire. So like I have every magazine you could possibly imagine <laughs> for like three years. Right. Um, so now I just kind of change the strategy and like whatever's cheapest, you know, like whatever airline I can find the deal. Um, the websites I use, uh, I used to use kayak.com a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and then I discovered Skyscanner, which is an awesome, um, an awesome website for finding cheap tickets um, and deals. And a lot of them you can sign up for like fare alerts. So if the fare changes, you know, they send you an email. So if I have a destination in mind, mm -hmm. that's really an awesome way. Um, there's an app called Hopper and that predicts the price of the ticket. So mm -hmm. you say, this is where I am. This is where I want to go. Like, you know, this time frame. And it'll tell you, like, if you wait three more days, there's the price will probably drop at least $85 or mm -hmm. whatever. So that's a pretty cool app um, that I found, like, about a year ago. Um, but really, I just sign up for tons. You know, I have an email, like, a kind of like a spam email address just for, like, you know, all those automated things. And, you know, so I get, like, TravelZoo, Expedia, all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and Groupon actually offers amazing travel deals. Um I've had friends who've gone to Iceland for like 99 bucks round trip, Thailand for like 700 bucks for like two weeks, all expenses paid, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I just really sign up for pretty much everything I can. And I just kind of keep an eye out and, you know, look to see if anything jumps out at me. That's cool. Yeah. I have noticed that Groupon, Groupon and sometimes Living Social, they have like mm -hmm. these really, really neat uh, like travel packages. Like you can go to like, China and Malaysia for you know eleven hundred dollars round trip and you're like what it's like eleven yeah. days and you're like that's insane. Um, yeah, I just saw one to Panama City in Panama and it was like four nights, three mm -hmm. days, something like that, and it left from Philly. You know, direct flight, flight included. 
at this beautiful hotel and it was like $299. Shut up. Um, and I almost went, but I couldn't, you know, the time, like the weekends that it was for, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but you know, that's an awesome long weekend trip. I would have taken one day off of work for 300 bucks and been in Central America, right. you know, sitting on the beach. So yeah, there's definitely always really good deals um, on some of the sites. So let me ask you, like, what is your tra- your travel philosophy? Because you mentioned that, you know, when you go somewhere, you tend to like to travel alone so that it's a little bit more relaxing. You're not kind of tethered to other folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also sort of like to wander around and, you know, just get a feel of, of what's around you. So kind of with that, how, how do you approach it? Like, what is, what is Joe Kirk's travel philosophy? I think it's really just like, again, going back to the open mind, like really Mm -hmm. not having expectations for a place and just going and like, I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm not a big planner. So I kind of just do things as I feel like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I get somewhere, if I feel the urge to do, you know, to go hiking, then I'll just find the nearest spot to go hiking or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, but I think really just going with an open mind, not having expectations um, is probably my best, you know, my, my traveling philosophy. But also, you know, I have friends who like to travel just and they like to buy a lot of stuff when they're there. And mm-hmm. I get that. Like I buy like tons of trinkets and stuff. But, you know, I buy like a lot of artwork or like pottery, things that like I can have the rest of my life. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of people travel and then they go to like these fancy restaurants and I mean, if that's your thing, great, but I don't know. I, I do it more for the experience. And, but that being said, like, I always try to build in a little bit. So I'm not afraid to splurge. You know, mm-hmm. if there's something that's really cool when I'm there that I know is going to pop up because it always does that I don't really have the money for, you know, I always try to have like at least like $200 just like for that splurge, whatever right. it may be. Um, you know, and that always changes whatever. I don't, it's just like whatever catches my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I tend to, like, eat cheap. Like, I'll eat lunch. I'll, I always go to the supermarkets or, like, a market and just buy, like, bread and, like, some kind of meat, mm-hmm. um, like, olives, whatever it is. Like, little things like that. And I'll just kind of snack on that to save some money for lunch um, and breakfast. And then I can kind of splurge a little bit more on dinner. And, you know, so the, just, like, little things like that. Um, just not really planning, you know, just kind of going with the flow. Right. You know, I I absolutely agree with you about like going to a market or going somewhere locally and just buying things there Uh, Mm -hmm. because just the cost itself versus possibly going to a restaurant is inherently going to be uh, cheaper. And I know for me, uh, after living in India and realizing that sometimes I just was not going to be able to eat the food, not because it was gross or anything like that, because the spice level sometimes was just... Mm -hmm off the charts like there was there was just no way that as an american it was going to work for me um so i always packed peanut butter and jelly with me so when i was backpacking southeast asia you know if there were days where i was just like yeah i'm not spending you know a whole bunch of money today i would just go to a local store grab some bread and make a sandwich and you know set off on whatever tracks uh, treks i was going to do that day and you know it's a good source of carbs it's a good source of yeah. you know protein and, and you're cheap. out the door exactly <laughs> i think i have a yeah. picture of me like taking a picture of my sandwich while i'm like in uh 
I think it's uh, one of the palaces at, in Thailand. Like <laughs> this awesome. is real life kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it does like it really does help save money. So that's really cool that, you know, your approach to it is, you know, stay open minded and kind of structure your your experience around, you know, what it is that's truly, truly important to you and then spending your money there. So that's that's really cool. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so do you speak any other language? You said that you speak Spanish, but in that you try to speak, you know, Arabic if, if you're, I guess, in Northern Africa and in that area, because I feel like you've been there a lot, but maybe not. Um, <laughs> are there any other languages that, that you want to learn or that you do know that you try to use often? Yeah, I mean, I speak Spanish with like, I don't know, moderate fluency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I really, like I read, I listen to a lot of Spanish music, watch Spanish TV, I'm reading some books now. So, you know, as long as you keep up with it, you know, you tend to do well. I have a lot of friends who speak Spanish, so it's really no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like I would like to learn Italian just because my best friend speaks Italian. I also have a lot of Italian-speaking friends, mm-hmm. and it's an awesome language. Um, but I took Latin in high school for four years, so, you know, that opens up the door pretty much for all the Romance languages. So it's pretty easy to read romance mm-hmm. languages. So if I'm in Europe, you know, or parts of, you know, South America, things like that, it's, it's pretty easy to get by. Um, but I mean, there's a million languages. I wish I could speak every language, you right. know, um, I would really like to learn Arabic. Uh, I took it in college just for like a semester, but mm-hmm. you know, just didn't really fit in. Um, like the clap, you know, they, they don't really teach you for fluency. I mean, I right. guess unless you go to like, a fancy school where they have a great international studies program, you know, and I didn't, unfortunately. So right. they would just offer like elementary Arabic one and two. Um, but I also wish in conjunction with Latin that I learned Greek because I mm-hmm. think Greek is an amazing language. Um, I don't know how much use I would have for it if I ever were to learn it, but <laughs> I just think it's a beautiful language. Right. So. Yeah, no, I'm uh, trying to learn Arabic right now. And I took one lesson and I came back for like my second lesson and I literally sat there and was like, so do you know any other languages that you could possibly (laughs) teach me? Because I don't think I'm getting this. Like, I don't, I don't think it's sticking with me. Um, And it's just, it's a really difficult language in the sense of being a Westerner and just the fact that everything that you know as a Westerner, as far as language is concerned, is completely sort of flipped on its head. Like even the script is not something that is recognizable to you. Like it, it doesn't, it's, it's hard to kind of pick up in that way. Um, but I'm with you. So tell me this, Joe, would you consider um, or, or is it a dream of yours to live in like another country for a couple years or forever? I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess it was about two years ago. I applied to teach English abroad in, in um, South Korea. Mm-hmm. And I was, I don't know why, I've just always been fascinated with South Korea and I've never been to Asia and, you know, didn't have a whole lot going on in my life at the time. So I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that fell through and, and I wasn't able to secure my visa as I found out last minute. But, um, you know, other stuff happened. I got a different kind of job and life went in a different direction. Right. But I, I hope, you know, that my life kind of throws me back, um, to a position where I'm able to move abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, and right now I currently work in marketing. So I think, you know, there's a need for marketing that kind of 
there's a need for marketing all over the world. And not that I would want to work like at a hotel to do some of their like whatever kind of marketing they do, digital marketing strategy, mm-hmm. or just maybe like event planning for, you know, people who host events or conferences at that hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like, you know, with that kind of background, it's a pretty good skill where I can kind of go anywhere. You know, it's not like, I don't know, I'm a math teacher and right. I can only teach English speaking kids math or something like that. So, um, so yeah, I hope, I just don't know where I'm pretty much open to anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I love South America. Um, I really, I've never been to Chile or Argentina, but there are two places that I'm pretty sure I would just fall in love with if mm-hmm. I went. So. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're, when you're traveling all over to these different places, do you have any sort of travel anxiety? Because in spite of sounding like a, a free spirit, you know, I, d- I don't know if you, you know, get worried about, about traveling, especially traveling as um, an American. Yeah. Um, not really. I mean, there's been times when I land and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> um, like when I was in Nicaragua, I really felt like that at some mm-hmm. some points just because being a six foot tall, white skin, you know, guy from the U.S., <laughs> you know, I just stuck out. I stuck out so much mm-hmm. and I just feel like people just like glared at me. And I'm sure it was more curiosity than anything, but, mm-hmm. you know, in certain parts of the world, like especially there with the Reagan administration and, um, you know, back in the eighties, the U S doesn't necessarily have (laughs) the best reputation, you Mm -hmm. know? So sometimes it worries me that, you know, I'm an easy target because I look American and, um, you know, that kind of worries me just because there's crazy people all over, you know, there's crazy people here. Um, but there's crazy people abroad too. So it's just like, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I'd hate to do a little political plug, but especially mm-hmm. now I would feel a little bit more anxiety about traveling abroad, um, you know, with some of the rhetoric coming from the political candidates, you know, specifically right. Trump, which just kind of fuels that anti-American, you know, imperialistic, uh, you know, impression that we often think the world has of us, right. has of us. But I don't think a lot of people actually do. I mean... When you talk to people, a lot of it's, again, it's more like curiosity, right? You know, a lot of people just have never met an American in their life. So when they do, they're really curious, you know, they really admire American values. And so I think a lot of times it's just more curiosity, but, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I try not to worry too much, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but really that's what concerns me the most is the world's view of the United States and how, no matter what, you know, I'm kind of a reflection of that perception um so that's what i stress the most about um Mm -hmm. but nothing personally like i don't know like oh i'm gonna get robbed or i'm like i'll lose my wallet i mean or like i'll lose my passport like i don't really think about those things Mm -hmm. because it's like you know i'm resourceful i'll figure it out i'll go to the embassy like there are things i don't really have to worry about too much but you know it's the things i can't control that kind of stress me out when i'm traveling right so, so what's your favorite trip that you've done versus like a trip where you're like, I will never, ever do either that trip again or that destination again? Mm-hmm. Um, God, I have favorites for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously. Uh, as far as, I don't know. The, I'll start with the country that I've been to. And I don't know how, I think I've been to like, I think I've been to 15 countries, something okay. like that. So it's not like too many, but. Um, but in different parts, North America, South America, Africa, and Europe, um, 
I think the best overall, like culturally where I was like, I am in a totally different world was definitely Morocco. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe I just got lucky because I was staying with, you know, Moroccans like in their house. And so that really kind of helped shape, uh, um, you know, a really cool trip, a really mm-hmm. authentic feeling trip. Um, but I just remember thinking like, this is, ex- that was one place that was exactly like I thought it would be. Like, it was just as magical and, you know, like mysterious at the same time and mm-hmm. just beautiful. And I mean, it was everything I thought Morocco would be and a lot more. So that was like the best. And I went to a wedding there too, which was really cool. So that kind of like was icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite country I think is Colombia and South America. Mm-hmm. I, I've been twice. Um, the second time I went to Cartagena, which is like on the Caribbean. Um, it's like a lot more touristy city. And, um, so I had different experiences. The first time was like not touristy. The second time was, but the one thing that didn't change no matter like where you were in Colombia was mm-hmm. the people. Um, they also tend to have a really bad international reputation, um, you know, and, and people have certain perceptions about it. But when you go there, it was, they were just the best people ever, mm-hmm. like the most friendly, just open their home, consider you a friend, make you laugh, give you a drink, cook you food, you know, like, Mm-hmm. just amazing people. And it's really no surprise. They're constantly um, voted on like the happiest people on earth, you know, or the country with the happiest residents. They're always in like the top five. And it's really evident when, when you go there, like how vivacious the people are and just how friendly they are. Right. Um, so that's a country like I adore. So what about a place where you're like, yeah, never going back. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Um, You know, I thought about this question and, of course, I don't regret any trips because mm-hmm. they were all, uh, you know, experiences. The one place I will say that kind of disappointed me was Costa Rica mm-hmm. um, because it just seems so, like, commercialized. Like, mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's fake. You know, like, you go there and it's like, it was like, it feels like it was built for tourism, you know? Okay. And so I feel like if you go to, like, Nicaragua or, like, Panama or anywhere else around there and you get such a different vibe, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Costa Rica, although it's absolutely like gorgeous, like that would be a cool place to go for a honeymoon where you like, you want to go to a resort, do some fun things, but like, you know, it's good for that. But if, I don't know, it's like kind of, to me, it felt like it lost its like authenticity a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, everything just feels like it can be bought and sold there over the years. And it has for the purpose of, you know, like corporate development, tourism, things like that. Right. Um, However, I, still an amazing country, and I had a great time there. Cool. So, if you had to choose one song as, like, Joe Kirk's travel theme song, what would it be? Yeah, that's hard, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a corny song, but when I take off, a lot of the time, I listen to Stereo Love by okay. Edward Maya and somebody else, Vika something. There's a lot of different versions of that song, but that's an awesome song. Like, it's just a really, like, upbeat, you know, makes you feel um, really good. And there's a lot of different versions of it. Some have different languages in it and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That one's always just, like, a cool... I love listening to songs when I take off and land. But when I land, I always listen to Home by Edward Sharp Mm -hmm. and the Magnetic Zeros, I believe is the name. But um, it's just a really cool song. Um, So, I just... It always makes me feel good about coming home. Mm -hmm. So... So, like, what are what are your top three travel tips for folks? Um, so, I think plan to pack 
Um, kind of make a list so you don't end up forgetting your underwear, you know, just like, cause there's little, and I don't pack, like, I don't plan a lot when I pack, mm-hmm. but like, at least if the couple of days before you jot down things that pop in your head, like, Oh, a belt, you know, that's something that I'm sure is easy to leave behind. Like you grab all your pants, but you forget a belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so planning to packs, so like just making that list and also knowing how to pack, you right. know, like getting down a system where you can fit a lot of stuff in a small space because you don't want to be checking bags. Number one, because you don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And number two, because they're constantly lost. And the last thing you want to do is end up somewhere with nothing, you know? Right. So if I can't hold it and take it on the plane, you know, then it's not coming. Um, second one would just be like immerse yourself in, in the location and the culture and, you know, eat at those little cafes that don't have the English translation to mm-hmm. the food. You know, even if you have to struggle through it and they don't have any idea, you know, a word of what you're saying, who knows what you'll end up with on your plate, you know, right. but that's part of the fun. You know, that's part of, you know, that's, I, I feel like the best way to kind of experience a place, like not going to a hard rock cafe to eat lunch, but like <laughs> going to this little shitty, shady looking corner store that, you know, the food looks questionable, but, right. you know, you know that they make, food really well there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I've never been disappointed when I've just like kind of gone that way. And just like, I think one of the best things is when the person, when you're somewhere, you know, whether it be the business owner or the waiter or whatever, mm-hmm. um, when they don't speak English and you don't speak their language, I think that's like the best part because it just opened, like there's no structure then you, there's no anticipation of, I don't know. There's just so like so much uncertainty. I think that's mm-hmm. what makes it really cool. And that's when you really rely on like body language and, <laughs> you know, and you just kind of have to trust in the other person. I think right. that's kind of like one of the most intimate, cool ways to really experience a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then threes just don't have expectations of a place because you'll always be disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either going to underperform or, I mean, it could be totally blow, you know, your expectations out of the water, but I, I just, at least for me personally, I just don't like going to a place and thinking this is what I'm going to see or having any kind of expectation. I'd rather just kind of go somewhere a little bit blind and right. just be surprised at every turn. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, um, as we're wrapping up, the signature question of my podcast, and that is, <laughs> what is the best advice that you've never taken? <sighs> I hate to talk about this again, but it's packing. <laughs> it's like making a list. Like I have friends who pack like three weeks in advance, you know, and they're like neurotic about making sure they have everything. And I'm just like, Oh, there's nothing, you know, as long as I have some money and shoes on my feet, you know, right. there's nothing that I can't get while I'm there. Um, but you know, there's been times when I've forgotten things that, you know, I probably shouldn't have or kind of like necessities. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when people say to pack early, you know, that's a good idea. I just don't like to because I like to build up the expectation for the trip. Like, I just, <laughs> I like, I like the rush of it. You right. know, I like, I thrive on like, let me throw all my shit in a bag and get ready to go in an hour. Like, I love that. Oh my God. But <laughs> the older I get and like, you know, the further and further away from home I go on trips, you know, I think it's probably worth it to like, cross my T's and dot my I's, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Joe, if people want to follow your travels, uh, how can they do that? So I set up a traveling Instagram maybe about a year ago. And unfortunately, I don't update as much as I'd like. But I don't know. There might be like 
50 to 100 pictures or something. Mm-hmm. But it'll give you kind of an idea. And I try to take some cool shots. You know, I guess everyone thinks they're a photographer and says that. But, you know, I try to take like graffiti shots or just things that, I don't know, that catch my eye at the time. Right. Um, but anyway, that Instagram handle or name is, it's Viajero, which is traveler in Spanish. But it's spelled like a 13-year-old girl in middle school because <laughs> the Viajero was taken. So I had to use like you know, numbers for letters. Right. <laughs> so it's V I A J, the number three R and zero. Oh my God. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. I should put some like X's and O's before and after, <laughs> but I definitely, I have a ton more pictures. I just, I don't know. I just never get around to it. And, but there's some cool ones on there and I actually have all of them printed and more. And they're kind of like hanging on cool's line throughout my place. And, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some of my favorite pictures on there. So hopefully if anybody listening, you know, checks it out, they'll like some of them. Awesome. Joe Kirk, thank you so much for being a guest on Reluctantly Adult. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. It's been awesome to talk about all these travels. Awesome. Thanks. And that was my conversation with Joe. Um... I think my major takeaway for this was actually like a really good idea that Joe had was setting up a spam email address um, where you can just have all of the travel alerts and any of the information from um, travel websites that you subscribe to come into one singular place. Uh, That is actually a genius, genius idea. Um, Also, keeping some money squirreled away um, so that you can use that one big chunk of money to have a really really great experience um you know rather than spending it on maybe some trinkets or something like that that you would bring back for your family um is a really awesome awesome approach to to travel um in my third and final interview um i talk with Corey. uh he currently lives in hong kong and I, I talked to him about how he uses his uh, network of travel buddies and his friends to inspire um, where his next destination choice will be. Um, and also the way that he um, thinks about travel as a person that doesn't necessarily live in the U.S. anymore, um, but also how he approaches it as a gay man. Um, we really had a fun conversation. It was so good to actually talk to Corey. I haven't talked to him in such a long time. And it was just so enlightening and and really, really fun. So I hope you all enjoy. Welcome to Reluctantly Adult. Please introduce yourself to the people. Hi, everyone. This is Corey Kwok. And Corey and I went to grad school together like a million years ago. Um, God, at this point, it was five years ago, Corey. Um, And I've always loved Corey. Uh, because he is very fun. Uh, he is straightforward to the point, little cutting, biting, sarcastic wit, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's always on top of shit. Um, and I love him so much. And over the last couple of years, what I've noticed is that Corey has been jet setting all over the place. <laughs> um, and I've been mad jelly. Uh, he's also had some incredible fashion choices in all of these awesome locations. Uh, so we're going to get into into all of that. Um, but the first thing that I want to ask you, Corey, is, you know, why do you travel? You know, what is it that that draws you to it? 
Oh, why do I travel? That's a really good question. I have always been a traveler. Mm-hmm. I remember since I was a little kid how I always loved different cultures. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very multicultural environment in Houston. Um, what a lot of people don't know about Houston is that um, obviously it has a large Latino community because it is in Texas, which is very close to Mexico. Mm-hmm. But also because there's a large um, Asian community in Texas. So I was exposed to um, people from all over Asia. Um, Being Asian myself, that Mm -hmm. was useful. But also the fact that I was exposed to um, people throughout um, South America. And I always loved cultures. And that was really what has always driven me to want to travel. When I was 15, that was the first time I went on an international trip, mm-hmm. and that was with my parents to Vietnam. Um, my um, my parents were raised in Vietnam. I was actually born in Vietnam, but um, we moved to the U.S. when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I left the country, and um, it was probably the worst experience I had traveling, but that was only because I was 15 and I was a brat. Right. So why was it so terrible, though? (laughs) It was terrible because I was a teenager. And, you know, growing up in the suburbs of Houston, uh, basically, we were going to Vietnam for, I think it was something like five weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was in in the Mm mid-90s. Vietnam had just opened up to the West after the Vietnam war Mm -hmm. and this country, as far as I was concerned, had no air conditioning. Oh my God. There were were mosquitoes everywhere and I didn't speak the language. So it was just a really horrible experience for a, a, a teenager. So speaking of like not speaking a language, because I know that you do speak other languages. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what languages do you speak and is that important to you when you when you choose where you go? Um, you know, now it's probably not as important as it was in the 90s when I when I started traveling when I went on this excursion with my parents. Mm-hmm. Luckily I luckily I was with my parents so obviously they spoke the language. Um I again I don't I don't speak Vietnamese and for those of who are listening to this it's only because I'm really mostly Chinese. That's why I don't speak Vietnamese. Um, I grew up speaking Cantonese at home and I learned Mandarin in college. Mm-hmm. So that's the main reason um, why I don't, I don't speak Vietnamese. My parents do speak Vietnamese, but they never used it um, with us in the family. Mm-hmm. So is speaking the language important? I think it's important if you want the inside scoop. Right. You know, and it also depends on what country you're in. So, now that I'm based in Hong Kong, obviously there are plenty of people here who don't speak Cantonese, but you get more of that inside scoop if you have the ability to, to speak the language and you, you, you have better interactions with people if you can speak the language. But it, again, it depends on the country. If you go to China, speaking Mandarin is very useful, if, especially if you go outside of the major first tier cities. Mm-hmm. So it, again, it just really depends on the country. Yeah, I think that um, being able to speak Mandarin would have been very helpful uh, when we were there uh, because I didn't and it was a struggle. Just ask for water. 
Uh, but I think that that's true that, you know, being able to speak the language now, now tell me in your experience, if you've gone somewhere, is it a situation of fluently being able to speak the language or a situation of, Oh, you tried. So we're going to help you kind of, you know what I mean? Like, because some places they're very, they're very open to you, even if you attempt to, but you know, you're really bad at it. Whereas other places they're just like, shut the fuck up. Don't don't do it. I I I think again it's very much location mm-hmm. inspired. Um, France, you you can try as much as you like, and if you don't speak French perfectly, you're going to get a lot of flack mm-hmm. for that. Um, but in Asia, they kind of expect that Westerners never are able to speak their language. So mm-hmm. if you even make an attempt for the most part, they're, they're pretty generous about their ability to help. But again, it really depends on the country. If mm-hmm. you go to countries like Japan, you know, they're much more friendly and generous when it comes to things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just really depends. Also another aspect too, Chinese is a really difficult language because it's tonal. Yep. And even if you can, um, even if you know the words, if you don't know exactly the right tone, it's it, everything gets lost in translation. And on top of that, Chinese characters are really difficult. At least in in you know in Europe, you can at least read the char- the, the letters because right. it's a it's a Roman alphabet. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> it was really really difficult. It was difficult, yet it was it was fine um, because being in China, there are a lot of signs that are they're in Chinese, but it's spelled out in like Roman alphabet. So you can figure out where you need to go if you're using the train or something like that. I think what I found to be most difficult was trying to catch a cab because it's easy to get back to your hotel because your hotel gives you those cool little cars to tell you where to go. It's hard to tell someone where you want to go. Um, yes. And you can get sort of like a crash course at the front desk before you walk out. But it's also a situation of, are you going to remember all of those tones, all of those words between, you know, the concierge desk and the taxi cab? And it's only, exactly. you know, a 30 foot walk. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right in that regard. So, Corey, how do you figure out where you want to go? Like, like how how does Corey make that decision? <laughs> You know, there's this really amazing thing called social media, mm-hmm. and uh, is social there, media. Is there really? Yeah, this really cool huh. thing called social media, and social media has changed, the, you know, the way that we interact, and it's changed the way that we travel. Mm-hmm. But what one thing that I that I really valued about traveling overseas is when I'm able to build connections with people and. Um, Having you know, it's kind of one of those things where once you start traveling and you start building connections with people, you then are able to continue to build those connections um, throughout. So you know, people who who come to Hong Kong, who I meet, you know, you, you build that connection, you build that network, and mm-hmm. then you know, you're invited. All of a sudden, you're invited to go to a different country. That's cool. That you know, yeah. you meet these travel buddies, and then they sort of spur you on to to go somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've necessarily had that <laughs> particular experience just yet, uh, but here's hoping. Here's hoping I get yeah, some you, travel buddies. Well, it's, it's kind of like a learning curve, right? Once you, once you, you know, when you first start, it's a little bit difficult. But once mm-hmm. once you get that momentum, it, you know, you start to meet more people. But now there are a lot of um, 
social media sites that allow you to do that. If you've ever done couch surfing, that's something where people, you know, use social media mm-hmm. as a way to meet people and, and to interact um, across borders. And it doesn't cost any money. Right. Yeah. See, the thing about, see, I've stayed in hostels. That never freaks me out. But couch surfing really freaks me out. Um, <laughs> because specifically in a situation of not speaking a language of where I am. Um, right. And it's just a situation like, oh, God, will I wake up in a bathtub in ice with <laughs> a body part missing? Um, you know, and that's no disc to anyone else like it's just it's just something that i'm i'm really really conscious of um Mm -hmm. because there there's you know there's sometimes dangers to to sort of be aware of um so i'm i'm a little bit uncomfortable with that but then at the other on the other hand it's you know sort of like you said like that's the best way to kind of get out there and get to know people and what better way to get to know someone than literally staying in their house um right so that's fair uh, it's you know that just that particular route is just not for me. I'm not going to yuck anyone else's yum, but that's, that's not my jam. Um, <laughs> well, I think also because you're a woman, and as as you know, women have to be more careful in our world when it comes to something like that. Absolutely, God, there are so yeah. many things to consider. So, yeah. what what is what's your travel philosophy? My travel philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'm not that great of a planner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to travel. Okay. Well, and by that, and by that, what I mean is I'm not, I'm not a list person. Okay. You know, I, I don't, I don't have a list of things that I have to do. I don't have like, you know, all, you know, my, my days not packed of activities mm-hmm. or with activities, but my philosophy is, you know, have your priorities, right. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, if, if there are must see sites that you have to go to. If there, you know, are museums that you have to go to, then, you know, obviously those are at the top of the list, but outside of that, it's negotiable. Right. You know, so being flexible is really important for me. Okay. So then let me ask you, how do you prepare for a trip? If you're not a list person, sort of how, how do you know, you know, what is most important? And then also even down to the basic, of just packing because the part of that is being like super hyper organized and being able to do that so kind of how do you mm-hmm. prepare yourself before you're you're about to take off well i mean you, you asked me like eight questions i did right there, i absolutely so. did yes <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> try to answer, answer any of one them. um well you have to answer you know i i've been besides the besides the uh um excursion i had with my family that was quite traumatic for me when I was a teenager. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I've been traveling at a very early age for work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as soon as I think as early as 23, I had my first trip. Um, I remember very clearly to Bangkok for a, for a work trip. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, tr- um, I've been traveling a lot. You know, not only had I been um, traveling a lot, I'd traveled to a lot of different countries right. for work. So, I, you know, I started to understand what I needed. So, you know, for I remember one trip, I was on a three-week trip. I, I think I went to eight different countries, mm-hmm. and there were at least three different climates, you know. And oh you just kind of, yeah, you just kind of learn um, how to pack, you know, I mean, I, it's experience, right? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. So, yeah. 
Are there any sort of staples that you always have to have with you then when you go? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on why you're traveling, right? I mean, right. if you're, if you're traveling for business, if you're traveling for pleasure. Um, but I mean, I think, I think for me, it's more about a fashion statement. If I'm making a certain type of fashion statement and what I want to wear, then it is, you know, you know, what do I really need if right. you really think about it? Yeah. Right. So I'll, I'll give you an example, okay. actually, if you, if you want. So I, I hadn't, before I moved to Hong Kong, I moved to Hong Kong in March of, of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, before I moved to Hong Kong, I hadn't been back in Asia for quite a while. I would say maybe a good four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had planned this trip to be in Asia mm-hmm. for a good five, six weeks mm-hmm. in, in uh, the end of November, December of 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that I said to myself was, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, I, I planned a trip to China, Shanghai. Um, I would fly down to Hanoi mm-hmm. and then make my way down the um, Vietnam all the way to Ho Chi Minh. And then I would go to Cambodia, mm-hmm. which I'd never been to before. And then um, spend New Year's, go back to Vietnam and spend New Year's in, in Ho Chi Minh City. Mm-hmm. And the only criteria that I gave myself while packing was, you know, I'm going to bring one big um, um, backpacker backpack and, you know, one small carry-on. Right. And that was it. So... And that was it. So, so I really had to think about what, you know, what was I going to bring? What was I going to wear? So, you know, what it came down to is I brought um, a pair of cowboy boots, of course, because right. <laughs> that's, that's what I wear. Because that's uh, Texas. I, because that's Texas. And I mean, I, I, you know, you can take the boy out of Texas. You can't take Texas out of the boy. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, I, so I brought, I, I was wearing a pair of cowboy boots. I brought... Uh, a pair of tennis shoes mm-hmm. in case I needed to rough it, quote unquote. And then I brought a pair of um, Yves Saint Laurent um, boots because, of course, you need to get dressed up. Got to be fancy sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to be fancy sometimes. <laughs> exactly. And then you know, and then all you really needed, or at least what I needed, were uh, you know a, a a few pairs of jeans, a pair mm-hmm. of pants. Um, um, a number, you know, a white t-shirt, a black t-shirt, a gray t-shirt, a few button downs, mm-hmm. and then a motorcycle jacket. And that's it. I guess, you, yeah, I guess that covers all areas of <laughs> necessary <laughs> clothing. Like, yeah. I mean, but you make right? it sound so simple. Like, I remember traveling through Asia and I had like a duffel bag, a giant suitcase, and a backpack. And even in that, like, I was just like, there's nothing in here that I want to wear. Like, (laughs) I still don't want to wear anything (laughs) in here. Um, So, I mean, I guess that that's sort of the touch of of maybe someone that's a little bit more experienced in traveling. Um, Because I and I've talked to a couple people at this point and they've said the same thing where it's like, I just need to think about the basics that I'm taking. Um when I talked to a travel blogger, Tracy Coleman, she was just like, listen, I'm not interested in having to check a giant bag in, in case that that said bag gets lost somewhere. 
um, and then mm-hmm. I don't have anything on me. Um, so she was like, I do my best to ensure that everything that I need for that trip is packed on, you know, basically like a medium sized duffel bag that I can carry on with myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be honest. I, I hate checking bags. I mm-hmm. would, I would do everything in my power for never to, to check a bag. Yeah. And depending on where you are and what country, you know, you're going to or, or leaving, um, the baggage check fees can be incredibly expensive um, and mm-hmm. sometimes really unexpected <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're not aware. Um, and I, I would say actually one thing that people should definitely have with them is if they are checking a bag is one of those scales um, that you can kind of lift up your bag with and maybe put it in kgs and in, in kilograms instead of pounds. Uh, like an American, because I made that mistake <laughs> of having everything in pounds and then like traveling somewhere else and being like, shit, they are not on the metric system. Like, <laughs> damn it. God damn it. Like, <laughs> I did this wrong. Um, and literally being that person in the airport, like having to throw things away um, oh, or yeah. like give them away or, or whatever. Um, it's really yeah. embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, you just, you have to invest in a good bag scale. And that's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, before you leave, like you can go to places like FedEx or or Kinko's or the post office even. Uh, But when you're somewhere else and you know that you're bringing back, um, you know, souvenirs and different things like that, try to put your souvenirs in like your backpack or something like that. It makes it a little bit Mm -hmm. easier um, instead of tossing it into your luggage and and adding to the weight of that. So um, when you're, you know, choose, how do you choose where you go? How do I choose where I go? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at this point in my life, I try, I, there are key criteria in that I either go try to find a place that I haven't been, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a really important part. Um, or I try to find a place or I, I go back to places that I really love. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not, I mean, it's not about, um, choosing, I guess, I guess it is. I mean, I guess I am choosing, but you know, for instance, you know, I, I, I love Thailand mm-hmm. and, um, I probably will, you know, go to Thailand two, three times or more mm-hmm. a year just because I just love it there so much. And living in Hong Kong, it's so easy to get there. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So my next question is going to be sort of how do you find travel deals? But I know that being in Hong Kong, you're pretty central to pretty much all of Asia. You know, yeah, yeah. You're, you're pretty central to that. But what's important to you as you're looking for travel deals um, or does it matter at all? Um, I've actually, now that, now that I do most of my traveling through my for for my own personal mm-hmm. um, pleasure, a, a, aka now that the companies don't pay for my swanky travel, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I do focus a lot on on price. I mean, you know, if I'm staying in Asia, my flight for the most part isn't going to be longer than than three or four hours. Right. So flying in coach isn't really a big deal for me. And you know, it's one of those things where you kind of have to balance the fare with with the the time and convenience mm-hmm. definitely pick the the cheaper prices or if you're willing to take a connection then obviously you can you can find a cheaper flight mm-hmm. so 
Do you ever worry about your safety um, as you're traveling um, as an American? Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I that's mean, fair. not really. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> not really. Yeah. I um, mean, honestly, in Asia, it's not an issue if you're traveling in Asia. I mean, there are mm-hmm. certain countries where you might be worried. I mean, you know, you go, you go to Manila, you go to Bangkok, there are, there, there are um, uh, metal detectors, they're patting you down every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you you kind of think about it, but it's, it is a fact of life in certain countries like that. Right. Um, but for the most part, I don't really think about it. But then again, I haven't really traveled anywhere where I'm really worried. In fact, I'll be honest, when I go back to the U.S., I'm more worried about my safety. Really? Why? I mean, look at all the crazy stuff that's happening. I mean, you know, you know, schools getting gunned down and, you know, people who are randomly, you know, getting beat up on the street. That right. doesn't happen in most cities in Asia. Right. You know, and I mean, Hong Kong is so safe. It's ridiculously safe. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, it's just America being, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to get political, but I guess I'm being a little political now. But, you know, America being the number one economy, having, you know, some of the highest crime rates, um, right. murder per capita, it's ridiculous. Well, I'm going to tell you, Corey, you don't get to be number <laughs> one without breaking a couple eggs. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Japan was the number two economy for a long time and they have a really low crime rate. <laughs> they have a super low crime rate. Just, we're trying to get our shit together. It's just... Right. Uh, it won't but be I, this I think year. That's, I, think that's, I think that's a discussion for another topic. Absolutely. Jeez. <laughs> so, I don't... I don't want to sort of put you out there, but you know, you're, you're a gay man. So does that mean that you have, oh, to you take- could, you could put me out there. That's okay. fine. I mean, I'm, I'm really out there. It's not, it's not a secret. I mean, I mean, Hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to put anyone out. Um, but you know, I want to ask you, do you have to take any additional precautions around sort of yourself in, in that regard? Um, you know what? It, I mean, I guess there are different ways to look at it. I mean, yes. I mean, I identify as gay, mm-hmm. but unless unless you unless it's because I have really incredible fashion sense that you know that I'm gay. <laughs> for the most part, you know, I I would be on the more masculine masculine side of the spectrum. Right. Um. So so I don't really. I'm not too worried about that because I don't know if people naturally just look at me and perceive me as being gay, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but at the same time, I'm not hiding it. I'm not trying to hide it. Right. Right. But you do have to be careful, you know, to a certain degree for the most part, if, if I'm traveling in Europe or if I'm traveling in, in most metropolitan cities in Asia, being openly gay isn't really a problem. Right. You know, maybe if you go to Malaysia, which is predominantly Muslim, it could be an issue. I don't know for a fact, I haven't been back to Malaysia in a while, uh, you know, but for the most part, you just have to be, you know, you just have to be aware of your surroundings. And, you know, that said, I'm not really into PDA, so I don't really right. care if, if, you know, whether it's a guy or a girl, it doesn't really matter. I'm not really into PDA. Right. So I'm not, I'm, that's not going to be an issue for me anyways. But, 
you do have to be careful and you know and you also have to be cognizant of certain things too you know if mm-hmm. if if um for instance people who are um hiv positive mm-hmm. in certain countries have to be really careful um right. you know because you know especially if if you're going to live in a country um for instance china you you may not be able to get a visa to live in china if you're hiv positive not that all gay people are hiv positive obviously right. but that isn't but that is in fact something that our community has to think about right you know yeah, yeah. i mean when i when i look at your pictures on um on the gram uh you know you're just out having fun with your friends but i you know i don't necessarily worry about you because again like you're you're an og in this travel game <laughs> <laughs> um but you know there there are things that I would think that you have to think about that I just may not. Um, and I just sort of wanted to know if, if there was any anxiety around having to think about those things. But to your point, so long as it's not sort of overt PDA, and I know that most places that you go, they would just prefer that you not gay or straight. Like, please keep that, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> in the privacy of your, you know, home or your your hotel room um because it's just a it's a cultural thing it's not it's not even yeah um you know an orientation thing it's really just we are not a um openly i don't want to say openly affectionate but but sort of putting that affection on display type place so can you please just not appreciate it right you know but i think i think what's important to, to understand about that is where whatever country you go to you need to play by their rules. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's if it's about um, being gay or if it's about PDA or if it's about chewing gum. You know, you just have to be smart and you have to play by their rules. You know, if if you don't want to play by the rules, don't go to the country. For sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 very simple. I, I have a friend right now who's in North Korea and I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ, please don't go to North Korea. Because, right. you, know? <laughs> you know, you hear what's going on. I mean, not that I'm afraid that he's going to do something bad. But I'm just, you know, for me, I have principles and that is I don't obviously support North Korean government. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that my money, if I were to go to North Korea, is not going to the people. It's going straight into the pockets of the government. And if any North Korean government official is listening to this right now, please do not kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Corey, I'm going to tell you this. All right. It's just between me and you and the seven people that listen. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the North Korean government is not one of the seven. It's like my mom, maybe sometimes my dad, but not North Korea. I'm just going to put that out there. You never know. You know, I mean, if the NSA is bad, think about how bad North Korea is. I'm just saying. I'm also sure that the NSA (laughs) wants nothing to do with me because they're just like, girl, like, man, this is a boring life you lead. There's nothing to spy on. Um, (laughs) So don't worry. I mean, I'm I'm sure you can you can get away with your with your politicized talk, Corey. Your politicized talk. Go ahead. All right. 
that's why that's why I'm not trying to talk about police violence in America because I don't want to get shot the next time I go back. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you'll be okay. I mean, I think okay. there are certain qualifiers around this, uh, you know. But you you might be all right, Corey. I don't right, I don't good. I don't think they're going to be looking for you to to be quite honest. I don't good. I don't I don't think you fit the description, Corey. I don't I don't think that's right. how that works. You're right. <laughs> so um. So how do you get into like the local culture? Because you're, I mean, I would imagine that you're not just like, oh, we're going to go to the Great Wall. Like, sure, <laughs> you're going to go to the Great Wall, but that's not, you know, like you're, you're not necessarily, um, I guess, sticking to the normal like tourist tropes in, in that way, if that makes sense. So how do, yeah. how do you do it? Well, I'm, I've never, I've never been a tourist um, that's that's the way I see it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I go when I go to a, a place, gr- okay. Granted, there are certain things that I need to see. So when I first went to China, I had to go to the to the Great Wall. Mm-hmm. You know, when I um, when I went to um, Yangon um, in Burma, you know, I had to go to to the temples. I had to, you know I had to go to Angkor Wat in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. You know. Obviously, you have to do certain things. Those are the things on your list that you have to do. Absolutely. But outside of yeah, but outside of that, honestly, what I want to do is I want to check out the the you know local bookstore or mm-hmm. coffee shop that people are are checking out, or I want to go eat at the food um, at the food vendor that the locals eat eat at, and mm-hmm. and that's the way that the, I try to experience things. With, of course, my touch, right? right? So it's the idea then that um, there's a certain level of service that I want. There's there are certain things that I'm willing to try. Now that I'm a lot older than obviously before, you know, my stomach can't manage <laughs> the street food the way that I used to be able to manage street food. Absolutely. So I, 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 you know, I don't, I try to keep that at a minimum so I can enjoy myself more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, so what has been... Um, you know, your favorite trip or destination that you were just like, oh my God, this this has been amazing. And then I want you to contrast that with sort of the worst trip ever where you were just <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to kill myself. This is terrible. Well, obviously don't travel with your parents. That's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, my parents are amazing. I was such a brat and I, I am like, I, th- this is my public apology to my parents for Aww. being such a brat on that trip. <laughs> but you know, but no, I um, one of the most amazing trips that I ha- I've had, uh, and I still remember it to this day. And it's been such a long time. Um, th- when I went to Marrakesh, mm-hmm. um, I I was on a business trip. I was um, I ended my business trip in Prague, and. One of my coworkers' um, uh, friends at the time, we were like, you know, it, it was right before Thanksgiving, and we were thinking, you know, let's go do something. Let's not just fly back to New York. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go on a trip. So we ended up um, booking this trip from Prague to Marrakesh, and it was the most amazing experience because it was the most different place that I'd ever been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marrakesh is beautiful. I mean, talk about um, amazing scenery in its purest form. The souks, which were the markets, mm-hmm. um, were just a maze of filled with with exciting visuals and sounds and smells. 
And um, it was, and oh, and then spending time um, in a traditional hammam, getting your skin rubbed raw, which which was amazing. That, yeah, <laughs> that, that sounds great. That's <laughs> yeah. number one on the list. <laughs> but no, I mean, and, and that's the thing like that, you know, it was so unique. Um, I still remember it, you know, to this day, even though I haven't been back to Morocco and in, in, it's been over a decade now, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, you know, and the people were so warm um, and it was just a really really incredible experience. Yeah, a lot of people uh, I'm I'm hearing this uh, more recently that, you know, they have absolutely fallen in love with um going to Morocco and specifically with Marrakesh. Like they're just like that's the place, like it's my jam, like OMG. It's it's definitely yeah. the spot. Like even a lot of travel blogs that I follow um I want to say within the last year probably i don't know out of the 10 probably six of the 10 have gone and they just cannot say enough about it like even even bloggers that have nothing to do with travel um that have gone and they're just like (laughs) it's the most magical place on the planet like Mm -hmm. you have to go you have to see it um and that's really cool so yeah outside of having been a 15 year old brat are there was there any other travel sort of situation where you were just like oh this is the pits oh man you know i not any recently to be honest so what would be sort of your dream destination or dream trip like doesn't matter the length of time oh yeah what what would you pick you know i um i've been wanting to you know I know there are different islands and different places that you can go to. I think the Maldives might be one or maybe Fiji where you stay on those, on those um, stilted homes that are right in the ocean. And then you can like just jump from the jump from your, your cabana or wherever you're at right into the, into the crystal clear water. Like I've never done that. And that's Mm -hmm. something on my list of something that I really want to do. Another thing I want to really do is I want to go to Bhutan. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of those places where it's very limited in terms of how many visas they, they allow every year. And I mean, Bhutan from what I've seen and from what I've heard from friends who've gone is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, that those are places on my list that I definitely want to see. That's cool. I, I think, yeah. I think those are, you know, those are very, very cool goals. Uh, yeah. definitely the, uh, jumping from the cabana into the water. That <laughs> sounds I know, dope. Right? Um, yeah. So, uh, let me ask you, uh, what are three travel tips that you would give to someone? Hmm, three travel tips. Huh. I, you know what? I would say pack light. Mm-hmm. You, know, pa- you know, pack light. Don't, um, don't be encumbered by just stuff if you don't really need it. Um, it's because you know it's really about um going for the experience and and not having to carry bags and my philosophy too is if you can't if you can't carry it then don't pack it right you know and and so that's that's a big deal um the other thing is um be open minded mm-hmm. try try something new you know i'm not saying 
you know, try 10 new things at the same time, but um, be open-minded, talk to people, be willing to put yourself out there because you never know, you know, if you might meet really incredible people, build relationships with them. And before you know it, you're traveling somewhere and, and you've got somewhere free to stay. Right. Right. You know, you know, because that's, that's part of the ability to travel so much is if, if you can save money in certain areas, then that just means it's another trip, you know? And, and I, and I think that's, I think that's a really um, important thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I, I'm trying to think what would be the third thing. Um, I guess, I guess maybe, you know, it, Oh, actually the third thing is, you know, you know, when in Rome, right. If right. basically, um, you know, res- be respectful of the customs in those country. Don't mm-hmm. do something completely, um, stupid. <laughs> right. Um, again, you know, I haven't been arrested yet. So, you know, just be, just be cognizant of, of the environment that you're in, mm-hmm. be respectful of the local traditions, especially the local laws. Um, you don't want to end up like that dude in North Korea who now is serving how many years of hard labor? I don't know what, but, you know, <laughs> you know, but it's like, just, just, just use your brain, you know? I mean, I get it. You're going to go, you're going to drink, you're going to do body shots, you're going to have fun. <laughs> you know, are, but, are you going to do body know. shots? Is that Maybe you will. Maybe <laughs> you will. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, yeah. have fun. But, but also, you know, d- just, just, be, just understand that you're in a different country. The, the laws are different. Mm-hmm. The customs are different. And, you know... And, you know, worst case scenario, you're going to end up dead or serving 15 years of hard labor. Well, if that's it, I mean, <laughs> sign but me that's up. My point. That's my point. That That's why you have to be you have to be aware. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I yeah, that that is actually really, really good um, advice of, you know, kind of do your research, kind of know sort of what the laws are and, and you know, get in line. Don't. Don't think that because you're an American, you know, people won't bring the smack down on you because they absolutely will. Like they want to make an example of you just because you're an American sometimes. Um, Hashtag American privilege. Hashtag white privilege. Don't do it. (laughs) Do not do it. Like don't do it. So Corey, um, we're going to wrap up, but I want to ask you one more question before I ask you the signature question of my podcast. Um, Mm-hmm. What is your travel theme song? Oh Jesus! What? <laughs> <laughs> you should. Did you ask me this question in the email? I don't know. What. Yes, I did. I did. It's you did. Familiar. Oh my yeah. god! Travel theme song. Yeah. Holy crap! Oh God! I don't know. What do you mean by theme song? Like songs that I listen to. A either lot when either I'm songs that you listen to a lot when you're traveling, or just one song that you know sort of encapsulates the spirit of of what you want from your travel, or just mm. like the essence of it. Like I have one, and I'll tell you. Okay, well, okay, I can tell you. I, I mean, this is where I could see. I, I don't. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a, a bunch of different stories, and then you can edit the one that you want the most. But, okay. um, so that, that, that really horrendous trip that I went on when I was a teenager with my parents. Yep. Um, I, I remember 
listening to the audio system on the way to Asia, we actually connected through Hong Kong. That was also the first time I was ever in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And it was the song that, that I was listening to almost the entire time there was um, Christopher Cross sailing, which is hilarious. Okay. Um, it's like, it was such an amazing song. I was like this 15 year old kid thinking this is such an amazing song. <laughs> Definitely was gay, whether I knew it or not. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, that's one story. Right. Um, the other story is, um, you know, I do really love, um, um, I have, I actually have a playlist on my, on my iPhone that I call um, slow like molasses. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I love, I, I love sleeping on airplanes. I can't even tell you why, why I love traveling overseas so much is because you get to be on an airplane for what 12 15 18 hours mm -hmm. and and you don't have to do anything right you can watch movies you can listen to music you can sleep and people just bring you things <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing and so um one of the playlists that i i play, I, I made and this is in the last couple of years right. is, is called slow like molasses. Cause it's all these songs that I love to listen to that are slow that I listen to. I put it in my ear and then I just drift off to sleep with the comfort of the airplane rocking me to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, one song in particular um, that's on that album or I'm sorry, on that playlist is um, running up the hill, which was uh, originally a Kate Bush song. Mm -hmm. Um, and that to me um, is such an amazing song. But what I love about that is I, I rarely even listen to the original Kate Bush version anymore. Right. I listen to every other iteration of that <laughs> song. <laughs> In fact, that's like that's like that's like something uh, a, a hobby that I have now is see how many how many remakes of Running Up the Hill I can find. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's hilarious. I know it's weird. <laughs> totally weird that's okay though yeah. it's it's your jam yeah. and you know yeah. it's it's all good yeah. so yeah. the last question that i'm going to ask you is the signature question of the podcast and that is yeah. what is the best advice that you have never taken what is it oh i don't know oh um <laughs> the best advice that i've never that i um, that I don't, that I, well, I'll tell you the best advice that I, I don't take a lot now that I, because I've traveled so much, mm -hmm. um, um, leave, don't stay in your hotel room and leave your hotel. And what I find myself doing now more than ever is I, I will find amazing hotels to stay in. So for instance, when I was in Phuket, um, mm -hmm. a few months ago, I stayed at this amazing hotel resort called the Naka amazing views amazing space everything and i didn't i barely even left because it was amazing <laughs> it was one of those places that you know you know it, it was just gorgeous you had a private pool all the stuff and i was like there's i'm not leaving this place right. i paid way too much money to leave this hotel i'm gonna get every <laughs> damn cent out of this room every damn cent Exactly. I was, I, you know, I slept in, I slept in every room. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was in the pool. I was, I was, you know, doing it all. I was like, I'm not leaving this hotel. <laughs> hey, I can't blame you. Like if, yeah. if I spent a grip on a room, like I'm getting every damn cent out of it. Um, exactly. So Corey, if people want to follow your travels, uh, how can they do that? 
Um, well, you can find me on Instagram, um, QCQ101 is my Instagram. And um, that's the best way to find me, honestly. Cool. So, Corey, thank you so much for sharing all of your travels and all of your adventures with us. And I really appreciate it. Um, No problem. I'm happy to share. Thank you. Thanks. And that's it. Uh, I think my number one takeaway from my talk with Corey is to pack light, but also pack strategically. Uh, You should think about where you're going, what it is that you're going to be doing, and then choosing your outfits accordingly. Um, I think sort of keeping it simple is probably the best, best way to go in this regard. Um, Also, consider not checking a bag. Uh, You're not going to die. Uh, and it's a lot quicker for you to get in and out of the airport uh, when you just carry on your things. Uh, Another takeaway that I have from doing all three of these interviews is that Morocco and Colombia are apparently the hot spots and the places to be. Uh, I'm really interested in going to both places now um, because everyone had such great things to say about them. All of the websites that everyone uses for um, their travel deals and their flight deals and different things like that will be listed on the website um, as well as the Instagram accounts to follow these guys if you're interested. Um, So tell me what you thought of the episode. Uh, You can leave me a comment on the website at www.ireluctantlyadult.com or you can follow me on Instagram at ireluctantlyadult or on Twitter at reluctantlyadlt. You can also email me at ireluctantlyadult at gmail.com. You can now sign up for the Reluctantly Adult um, newsletter because I'm a self-respecting podcast owner and as such, that means I must have a newsletter. So I have a newsletter. Uh, and you can sign up for that on the website. Um, you can also rate and subscribe uh, to the podcast on iTunes. I'd appreciate that. Thank you to Emily, Joe, and Corey for being guests on the podcast. Uh, thank you to Christopher Davis for my intro and my outro music. Uh, if you like his music, you can find him on SoundCloud uh, under CRD Music. Um, and his username is CRD128. Also, thank you to the amazing Ken Griffin for my incredibly dope logo. And as always, thank you to all of you for listening. Um, I'll see you next time. Thanks.